Blog Talk Radio. you guys i hope you have i hope you guys enjoyed your weekend listen i enjoyed mine <laughs> i really did man we got to get to the chiefs man i can't say enough I, we'll talk about that in a minute but yes yeah, so my week has been uh really good my weekend was really good today was really good today i have my last radiation treatment Last one. Oh my God! It was. It was. You know what? Listen, I. It 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 has. It was. It was. It was kind of. You know. It was. It was. It was great because I had a really great staff that helped me with, at uh, the Center of Texas uh, for Blood uh, Blood and Cancer Disorders and Dr. Wing's staff. They were so kind to me and so fun during all the days that I was going. I was going. I was going every morning, early. We get up and go. I mean, it's like a job. <laughs> and so I appreciate all my friend, family, friends. My husband was going with me. It really great, you know. So it was, it was a good experience for me. So it wasn't a, um, you know. I, listen, now I'm not going to make you sound. It was a great experience in terms of, you know, going in having to go through that process. But, you know, there's physical, you know, there is physical things that you have. You know, like right now I'm I'm still dealing with uh, a discolored boob. <laughs> but other than that, it's, it's been really, really good, okay? I, I have had, uh, I've it's, it's, it's been a process I'm thankful to God for that I uh, went through. Uh, some people have to go through much tougher things than what I had to go through. And I'm just thankful that to God that they got it early and they could 
take care of this issue and just keep praying for me because I still, you know, there's still parts of the journey you have to go through. So, uh, y'all, I just need your prayers and keep praying for me and praying for uh, for great health and all that stuff. You know, I am. There's so many things that you know. I'm so I was so ready for this process. Well, no, I can't. Let me let me take this back, okay? Because I'm really making. I, I what I was at first. I was like in a rush, you know, to just like okay, let's get through this process, <laughs> let's finish it. <laughs> but when I first started uh, the process, beginning of the year, I was like, you know, I'm gonna go through it and I'm gonna remember everything about this moment. I just I need to remember all the steps of it. I need I need to remember. Uh, today I was thinking I need to remember the machines. I need to remember looking at the wall and what I saw, you know, <laughs> over looking at the clothes on the wall. It kind of the feeling of going through this step of what you have to go through uh, with, you know, breast cancer. And I just didn't want it to be lost on me. I didn't want the moment to be lost on me. Like I told you all before, I didn't want to waste the experience and what, it is that God is trying to say to me personally about what I should do in my life because, listen, let me tell you all something. Child, <laughs> I got a lot of stuff I need to do. It's a full mess. <laughs> I mean, it's a good life, but it's a, it's a, it's a full mess sometimes. <laughs> I got so many things that, you know, man, oh, my God. It, but but it just it just makes me, you know, say, okay, this was what was this for? What was because it slows you down in some senses. So it's like, why did it slow you down? What is this you're supposed to gather and what you're supposed to do with it? So I'm always thinking that in the midst of everything. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you just go through just to go through, but I believe God always has a lesson for you, okay? But listen, it's been such a blessing. And to all the people out there, you know, listen, sometimes you have haters, you have people who are wishing. You know, they wishing stuff on you, they juju and you and stuff like that. Let me just tell you. Juju don't work on over here. I'm covered, okay? So that's what I'm saying. I'm co- I am covered, okay? So listen, I mean juju all day. <laughs> but this is God's shout, okay? So that's why I'm just saying I, it's it's a lit you know, so it's listen, I'm always it's always a blessing whatever I go through. So I just always I always trust God at the end of the journey. Hey, it didn't do nothing. If you was hating or hoping, it was, hoping to, to to be the end of me, you know, it it did nothing but bless me and elevate me and spiritually lift me up. So I thank God for uh, His grace and mercy, because really that's what it was. Okay, so you guys, listen, man, the oh, I Listen, I was telling everybody. I was like, nope, we are going to the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Man, oh, my God. I knew we was going to beat the Ravens. I was telling people why I thought we was going to beat the Ravens because this is my personal opinion about the Ravens, okay? No offense. And I know a lot of the analysis. I'm not a sports analysis person, but I got my own opinion. Sometimes sports analysis people – they be saying stuff sometimes, and we making no sense. Making no sense. But one of the things I looked at, I would go back and look at the schedule because 
When you see the Chiefs, where the Chief, the division, the Chiefs play in the AFC, it is the t- it's one of the toughest divisions. And out of in 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 the and the teams that the Chiefs play outside of that division in the AFC, it's tough. Like it's it's tough, and it should be because they're the Super Bowl champs, right? But I knew that the Baltimore Ravens, even though they had beat people like the 49ers, they beat the 49ers and the Lions one time or whatever, but I also knew they lost to Pittsburgh and they lost to Buffalo and they played the Colts. I mean, you know, they were playing – this is not to – because any NFL team is hard, but it was to me they were playing what looks like a lot of times the the easier part of the AFC, and I knew that they were overhyping. I'm just saying, I knew they were overhyping uh, uh, them, and I knew that the Chiefs would come in and do what they did. Okay, the defense. I knew the defense was not going to be playing, and that's what happened. And I was, and the reason why I knew that is because. If you watch the Chiefs, it's something that happened last year, too. Every time the Chiefs play, they learn from the previous games they've been in. Like, it's it's almost like they play what they're getting ready to play. Like, they play, you know, when they played uh, Miami, you know, in the cold, it prepared them for Buffalo. And then when they played Buffalo it, and the run was real big, the first half, especially with Josh running. That prepared them for uh, the defense, and essentially for uh, for uh, Lamar. And I knew. I, I just knew. I just knew it. I wasn't expecting us to go scoreless in the second half, but I kind of seen what I thought Patrick Mahomes was doing. I thought, like, people, you know, he was managing the game. He was like, you know, dude. Hey, these boys is imploding in the, on themselves. I really, we ain't really got a score. We ain't, we can play it safe because they're pretty giving us all kind of penalties and everything. And, you know, people kept saying, "Well, if we didn't, if the Baltimore didn't get those penalties, we would have won the game or something like that." I said, "If we didn't get those penalties, Baltimore wouldn't even been in the house." People, you know, let's play the game as, let's play the game if we didn't get, if if you didn't get the penalties, we could play that because then you'd have to take away our penalties. So remember, we had we ran up we ran up a touchdown and ran up almost two to go. We and they the touchdown touchdown got taken back in the first half, and then the one where we went all the way to the end. Uh, I think it got we got called yardage back. So we would have probably been up two touchdowns. They would have never caught us. We was we really should have the game that game that score doesn't tell how really bad it was. It was worse than that. If we would have got those two touchdowns, it would have been worse. <laughs> so if everybody wants to play the, because I know all the pundits are playing that if Dave Lamar hadn't got the uh, the uh, if they hadn't had the interception and the uh, and the and the uh, and the uh, calls from the refs, it, you know if they hadn't you know they'd been more disciplined they would have won the game. No, they wouldn't have if we hadn't got because if you're gonna take away their penalties then you gotta take away ours. <laughs> And so if we look at us in the first half, we would have been up like a, a two touchdowns. Never would have got us. <laughs> oh my god. So we can play what if scenarios all day, but I knew the Chiefs were going to go in, and I knew they were going to beat them. And what do I think about the Forty ers I did not want to play the Forty ers and it's not because I'm scared of them for the Chiefs. Okay. 
you know, it's hard to beat a team that you beat once in the Super Bowl. Well, no. Hmm. I think Dallas did it twice with Buffalo, right, years ago. I didn't want to play 49ers again because I was like, oh, man, we, I mean, it's going to be sad when we kick your butt again. But, you know, <laughs> but but it's, it, but I just feel like, this, you know, listen, even if I'd be glad we just got to the Super Bowl because people, nobody expected us to get to the Super Bowl, but I actually think it, it's the Chiefs. We're the underdogs again. Nobody thinks we can beat 49ers. Here's the thing. The Chiefs have been practicing. The last four teams the Chiefs have played all have had 49er elements. We're prepared for the 49ers. We play, we, all of them have had 49er elements, especially Miami. So I feel like the Chiefs are more than ready for the um, the obstacles that the 49ers will present. I think we're going to win the Super Bowl. Again, two peaks. I'm preparing for the parade. <laughs> and I'll be so excited. I mean, that would be the cherry on top. So I'm praying. I'm hoping the Chiefs win. I know everybody's hating it because it's like, oh, no, the Chiefs are going again. Oh, my God. But listen, I'm going to tell you, what people don't understand is the Kansas City the time they had won a Super Bowl was in 1969, Lynn Dawson. That, and for years, Kansas City like, had a drought, like 50 years, my lifetime. We had, you know, so far my, my lifetime, we had not seen a Super Bowl. And we people would go out to those games. I mean, we came so close, like, in the 90s. I remember I used to go out to the games all the time in the 90s. When the Derek Thomas era and Neil Smith era, <laughs> one the great, which was one of the greatest eras to me of 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 of, of Chiefs kingdom, and oh, all the heartbreak and the sadness about us getting out when we had Joe Montana, Marcus Allen, we got all the way to the. To the um, we got all the way to the championship game and lost. I had tickets to the Super Bowl that year. I did. I I had tickets to the Super Bowl that year, and I remember saying, "God, I got to go cheer for Dallas." <laughs> so it was. It was. I mean, uh, so Kansas City had a like a long drought. A long drought, and it wasn't just a drought like Detroit's drought where they were, you know, Detroit was steady losing, steady losers. No, we were like always a bridesmaid but never a bride kind of hurt. Like we'd be in the playoffs and stuff. <laughs> we had real good things, but we never could get there. During the Schottenheimer era, and then after the Schottenheimer era, Things kind of went left. The Chiefs had some good times, a little bit here and there, but never enough to get them over. And then finally, we luck out and get Patrick Mahomes. And oh my goodness, listen, let us enjoy the moment. And plus, I like a winner. I want him to enjoy it while he can. His prime, have about get as many wins as you can. Like rack them up. Who cares about the haters? You know, just rack up the wins as many as you can because 
Like, you never, you know how hard it is to get to a Super Bowl? So uh, let alone a guy who's got to four in his six-year career, crazy. And six championships, all championships, every almost every year he's played, maddening. So I'm for that kid getting everything he can get. Because <laughs> it's wonder, it's, it's very powerful to watch. It's Jordan-esque. I like it. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm yeah. I want to see him win the ring just so he steals three Super Bowls in a matter of six years. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> I'm inspired. I love it. I, I I love the whole thing. I love watching the Chiefs make this run. And, I mean, you know, it's just, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. And it's fun for my hometown. My hometown, listen, they get all excited about the cheese. It be, they be crazy. My grandma and them, my grandma and her neighbor and stuff, they be taking blood pressure pills during the game. They be, <laughs> I'm a child, I got to turn off a cake. <laughs> my nerves, I couldn't handle it. Oh, my God. I was, they be getting nervous about the game. <laughs> Everything. So it's a Kansas City is a football town. People be so excited about Chiefs winning. I mean, I even be having to be over here, you know, be cheering, be loud. Listen, it's exciting. So when you see, you saying, oh, they always going to the Super Bowl. Listen, it was a long time coming. And the reason why it was a, it was worse than Detroit, because we would have wins. At least Detroit was in a steady losing field. We was actually sometimes winning, just never getting to the big dance, okay? So, really interesting, okay? I used to, the 90s, boy, listen, we, <laughs> people always say, you went to Super Bowl? I was like, I went to two. I, Super Bowl, it was fun. I went to one in Miami one year, but I didn't actually go to the game that year. The one in Atlanta, I went to the game. But in Miami, I went to, we went out to a party, like Marcus, I think, three, I think Marcus Allen or somebody had a party or something we went to or something. Then we went to, uh, I think, a watch party or something. It was really, it was crazy. It was nuts in Miami, okay? Miami, you didn't need to go to the game. It was like, we were a party. <laughs> Woo, it was my first time, I remember. This is, I'm dating myself. Y'all know how old I am anyway. But it was my first time I went to, first time I went to Miami. So I go to Luke's Club. See, in Kansas City back in the 90s, we dressed up to go to the club. You know what I'm saying? Like, we look nice and stuff. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Kind of sexy. But in Miami, oh, my God, I, 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 was, I was in shock. This was, you know, in the night. So so these girls, we were trying to go to Luke's Club on South Beach, and these girls was like, we was, we was kind of lost. We was driving around. And these girls said, oh, follow us, honey. We on our way to Luke's Club right now, girl, and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, we're we going to follow y'all, right? So we following them. We get, uh, we get out the car. Child, listen, I'm talking about in the 90s, okay? This girl had on a see-through, like see-through, uh, like see-through leotard, like, <laughs> and like something to cover the, the, the coochie part. This is in the 90s, okay? Like, y'all dress like this. It ain't a shocker to y'all now, but in the 90s, it was a shocker. And something to cover her tie-pies or whatever. And she said, girl, Luke be giving out, they be giving out money at club for uh, something, something something popping or something she was saying. I was like, huh? You know, we were shocked because we was looking nice. 
And so, I mean, we looked nice, but we was like, we was over, we was too dressed. We, we wasn't over but we was too, we had, we had on summer clothes, but we, I mean, because it was hot, but we had on too many clothes. Like, it, it, like that, in Miami, it was like, you you wearing too many clothes. I remember these dudes, these football players said to us, they said, ah, yeah, we, we can tell y'all not from here. Because <laughs> we were like, what? We did not wear the people naked. <laughs> it was like experience. I have never experienced before. It was crazy. It was mad crazy. Oh my God, Loose Club was mad. That I I think Prince had a club then, like on, on South Beach at that time. It was crazy. It was a crazy time. <laughs> it was nuts, man. It was different. A lot of fun, but it was different. But I had a great. I mean, I had a great time because I love shopping. So in Miami, I was like, you know, I was shopping. I remember, and I was going to New York in a few months. It was weird because I was going to New York to, to hang out with some friends, and so I was going. So my um, girlfriend was telling me, "Don't buy this jacket." I remember I was in at, in Miami at the store. This boutique. She's like, "Don't buy that jacket. We're going to New York. In New York, I know they're gonna have that jacket for cheap." And I was like, "No, no, no." So first time I'd be able to, I did, you know. I, and back in the day, you know, it was it was a what was it? I think it was like a because it was Mark Jacobs was real popular at the time. I, it was like three hundred and something dollars. It was crazy. That was crazy. It was crazy money in the nineties. I don't know what I was thinking. So I was like, I need to buy that jacket. The girl was like, okay, I buy the jacket or whatever. So I was like, it's pretty. It's got these all these gold zippers. It's it's gorgeous, right? I get to New York in a couple of months. We hanging out, walking down the street of the warehouse district. I'm not lying. <laughs> Coming. See, you know, we this was a time where New York had vendors. They used to have vendors outside and shit in the 90s. I mean, like, 90s was the best in New York. You could go down streets and vendors be selling shit and stuff. It was great. But then, so, like, so we, so we go to, I go to, I see the storefront or whatever, little boutique, and they got coats outside or whatever, and it's, you know, I'm there, it's like maybe July, August or something like that. There is my coat. My almost four hundred dollars coat <laughs> for like a hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> I was heartbroken, <laughs> but that was my that's my Super Bowl experience. I've been to two Super Bowls back in the nineties. It was they were fun, they were exciting. I mean, I I even was determined to go to the game because I mean, you know. It was crazy. It's just a crazy time, and I was so excited because I was a big uh, Chief fan, and I love. I I had a crush on. I think somebody was having a crush on Derek Thomas, and so I would like. I and 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 got to know them people, stuff like that. So it was it was so I it was an exciting time. So I was thinking I was going to see people play. You know, I was like, oh, oh heartbreak, nothing. Just it just went kaput. <laughs> but we did get to see Dallas when it was fun for that reason. It was cool, and we got to go to a lot of parties and stuff like that. So the Super Bowl experience is a fun one. I'm sure it's going to be great in Vegas. I would not want to go to a Super Bowl in Vegas. Let me just say, because Vegas is crowded all the time anyway. I can't imagine, like, the strip during a Super Bowl. Like, what the shit's that going to be like? I mean, that's got to be, that's going to be probably mayhem. I just can't imagine it. Oh, my God, it's probably going to be nuts. And, like, you know, they have the NFL experience and all that stuff during the Super Bowl and all that, you know. 
oh, wait a minute, no, wait a minute, Dallas had a Super Bowl here one year, and I went down to some of the events and stuff like that, but it was like it had a snowstorm or something, I think, during it, some years ago. I can't remember, but I think it was one Super Bowl here, too. But, yeah, it's not the same. 90s are a different time. But, yeah, it was, it, it, yeah, this, but, yeah, the Super Bowl in Vegas, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun, but, God, it seems like it's going to be crowded. God, it seems like it's going to be a lot. <laughs> okay, so that is interesting. I'm just glad my team is there, okay? And I'm believing my team is going to take it all, okay? Chiefs all day. I'm getting ready. I'm already getting ready for the parade. <laughs> All right, you guys, listen, man, oh, my goodness. Okay, so we got so much to talk about today. Okay, I got in the description. We're talking about Taylor versus Beyonce. You know, Shannon Sharp said some things this week. Shannon was like, you know, Beyonce does not move the needle for the NFL and fans and people like Taylor Swift does. And Ultra Cinco was like, during this was Nightcap, his show, him and Ultra Cinco show at night, they do late night. Ocho was like, come on, you got to be kidding. Black people, I've explained this on the show before. Um, I don't think y'all realize how big Taylor Swift is, okay? And here's the truth. I'm kind of becoming a, a Swifty. A, I'm not a Swifty, but I'm liking her a lot. I'm starting to like, not too much. I can't say a lot, but liking her decently. You know, because I like that song, Wildest Dreams. Maybe that's it, yeah. I've always thought she's a good songwriter. I just thought the singing was a little okay. Um, but Taylor Swift is pretty huge. I, you know, years ago they used to always try to find somebody. Like Michael Jackson was so big in his day. And you can't compare anybody in today's world to Michael Jackson. Nah, nobody. But Taylor Swift is... You know, back in the day with Michael Jackson, they were always trying to find somebody. They tried to use Bruce Springsteen. I think they used to try to use somebody else to kind of, you know, sometimes racial things. People try to make, try to compare to Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson was the biggest star that the world had ever seen and will ever see because Michael Jackson did that shit in the age of the age of where there was no internet. Okay. So what Michael Jackson did was pretty spectacular. I mean, grabbing the world culture and crossing age groups. He was a phenomenon, and I don't know if you'll see that too much this way ever, but I remember them trying to throw a Bruce Springsteen and stuff like that, and that stuff never working because Michael Jackson was so huge, okay? He was the marketing on Michael's everything, it was just phenomenal, okay? They just, just the whole thing of Michael Jackson, the whole circus of Michael Jackson, okay? Because that's what it was. It was a circus, okay? It wasn't just the Michael Jackson, a person. It was a brand. It was like a circus. The brand was like a circus. And they always used to say that Michael Jackson wanted his life. Like, he wanted something like a, the rumors was that he always wanted to live like the, a circus, like a born and baby circus. And he must, he must certainly probably was one of the human beings few human beings in this world that kind of live like that, okay? But um, Taylor, when we talk about Taylor Swift, and what I said is about they would try to throw up sometimes white people to compare. 
you a lot of y'all think Michael Beyonce is y'all try to compare Beyonce to Michael Jackson. I think Beyonce is more of a forced energy than Michael Jackson was. I, and, and what I mean by that is not, not me hating on Beyonce. It means that they did a lot to push Beyonce out here. But Beyonce's record sales, I've always said, or and her just her sales in general, they never match. Sometimes the height, they have to do a lot extra. Taylor Swift. When they find a black person, kind of a white person, go up against, some people think that's that same theory. Not with Taylor Swift. Maybe it was, but Beyonce ain't in the building. Beyonce can't sell. Uh, 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 what's the people? Uh, what's the Cowboy Stadium out three nights in a row? She can't sell Arrowhead out three nights in a row. She struggled doing that stuff with one night. No offense. It is what it is. It's because she, you know. Taylor has a huge audience. White people in America have a lot of mon- more money than black people, you know, sometimes. And it, it can change the dynamics of artists and how artists are viewed and seen those racial elements of things. Michael Jackson, a phenomenon, also a man. So it's different, too, with men. No offense to Taylor and and Beyonce, but women drive and drive the men thing too. So I, I kind of get what Shannon Sharp is talking about. So we'll talk about that. We'll get into that a little bit later on the show. But um, Taylor Swift is probably definitely a person I would say that will move the needle for NFL crowds more than Beyonce. I would have to say that if if. If Travis was dating somebody like Beyonce and she was single, it would still be mayhem. Not quite like Taylor, though. Okay. Um, let me see what else we need to talk about. Okay, and then we got to talk about Elon Musk around here trying to sell off chips in the brain, Chad. we got to talk about this. Uh, these chief fans that were found dead uh, in a very strange way. We're going to talk about that. And Krishan uh, Brock's tattoos. Child, we got so much to get into. Oh, Lord. It's a lot of mess going on in the streets. We got to talk about it. Give me a, I'm going to give you guys a break uh, and listen to some music, and I will be right back in a moment. Let me put y'all on. Let me put some on. Uh, put, oh, here's Raphael Sadiq, Never Give You Up. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, okay?
we're back on the Soul Out of Tablet show. Before um, what you heard, I meant to come back after break. I had a little technical difficulties, but I'm back. Y'all, okay, so before that, what y'all hear? What was y'all doing to after seven, ready or not? Okay, a little old school for y'all. I am back. Uh, Lord, let's get into these, this news in the streets. <laughs> okay, so uh, what is the first thing I want to talk to y'all about? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to look at what the um you want to talk about Travis Kelsey? No, we'll talk about that. We'll save that one. Um Oh my goodness. So yeah, I'm kinda of helping here. I'm trying to figure out where does that one go. Because I want to talk about Elon Musk. Okay, let's talk about Elon Musk. Okay, see y'all back in the day, a lot of y'all, even when I had this show, when I had a show on here one time about the chips being implanted in the hands, people did not believe that it was um, that people had a hard time believing that this was, that was real, and it was on Good Morning America, and I was telling people, yes, people already have, some people already have chips in their hands, they go into work, and they wave their hand over uh, the thing over the door and they let them in. Then they go to the vending machine, wave their hand, and they get their food. It's already it's already out here, the technology. I showed you an employee getting it done on Good Morning America that some companies were already doing what some people consider marks of the beach or whatever, you know. The Bible says a head, uh, marking the forehead and the hand. In the hand. Now, I don't know if that's the actual mark, but it's kind of, to me, it's similar to what maybe a mark of the beast would be. So, but y'all laughed at the church and stuff when they used to have them talks 20 years ago and 30 years ago in churches about this, this, these little microchips coming and people putting it inside of them and everything. And I was like, church crazy. Not so much anymore. Hey, let's talk about Elon Musk says his Neuralink startup has implanted a chip in his first human brain, okay? says Elon Musk, this is according to CNNBusiness.com, it says Elon Musk's controversial startup Neuralink has implanted a chip in the human brain for the first time, the billionaire said in a post on his ex-platform late Monday night. Musk's announcement could mark an important milestone for Neuralink's efforts to usher potentially life-transforming technology out of the lab and into the real world. But he offered few details, and it's unclear from must post how significant of a scientific advancement this implementation represents, okay? The company has received approval to study the safety and functionality of its chips, uh, of its chips implant and surgical tools, Okay. Initial results show promising neuron spike detection. The world's richest man in Neuralink founder said on X, the social media platform he owns, Neuralink's first product would be called telepathy. He said in another post, adding that its initial users would be, would be people who have lost the use of their limbs. Imagine if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than a speed typist or an auctioneer. That is the goal, he wrote. Neuralink has been working towards using implants to connect the human brain for a, to a computer for half a decade. But the company faced scrutiny after a monkey died in 2022 during an attempt to get the animal to play Pong, one of the first video games. In December 2022, employees told Routers that the company was rushing to market the results 
market resulting to market resulting in careless animal deaths in a federal investigation. In May last year, Neuralink received FDA clearance for human clinical trials, and a few months uh, later, the startup began recruiting patients with quadriplegic uh, caused by uh, cervical spinal cord injury or amyotrophic lateral cirrhosis. Mm, very interesting. Now, one of the things is, it says the idea of brain-nervous system interfaces has great potential to help people with neurological disorders in the future. Um, however, most of these interfaces require invasive neurosurgery and still experimental stages, thus it will likely be many years before they are commonly available. Well, they always use something good to get you to buy into it. It's just once they start to they use something like health, then they start taking it further, using it for, oh, let's use it for this, and let's do it. And then it's so sudden, suddenly used for video games, used to communicate with all kind of uh, uh, nutty things. And to me, it starts to become an invasion of privacy. So, y'all, I don't know. I don't think it's a good thing. Okay? Because we start off saying we're going to use it, for the good, and it ends up being something else. So it'll be interesting to watch this thing. It has a lot of issues in it. I can be, I think, can be pretty invasive in the long run, and not good for society. Maybe good for health, and we should keep it relegated to that. But when we're talking about other stuff, mm-hmm. it get a little crazy. Okay, all right, so. Here is some interesting news this week. It says, Jamaica's spike in murders triggers travel warning to America's division, Caribbean island nation. And now they're uh, sending out warnings even for uh, Bahamas and other places. But it says, for the second time in many weeks, the State Department is citing increasing crime on, on another Caribbean island uh, nation and warning American citizens to reconsider travel to Jamaica. The warning issued on January 23rd is listed as level three. One level below, do not try, travel advisory. Violent crimes such as home invasions, armed robberies, sexual assaults, and homicides are common. Sexual assaults occur frequently, including at all inclusive resorts. What? The advisory issued by the U.S. Embassy in Jamaica states. Local police often do not respond effectively to serious criminal incidents. I think we, we talked about this a few months ago when they were having some problems on the island. It says it continues when arrests are made, cases are infrequently prosecuted to a conclusive sentence. Family of U.S. citizens killed in accidents or homicides frequently wait a year or more for final death certificates to be issued by Jamaican authorities, okay? Jamaica has seen 65 murders since the new year, according to the data released by Jamaican Constabulary uh, Force. The number of killings is is short of the 81 reported on the same time frame in 2023. Now, it says, the latest warning comes amidst a spike in murders in the Bahamas since January 1st. Last week, the U.S. Embassy in Nassau issued a warning and travel advisory to U.S. travelers citing 18 murders that have occurred on the island since the New Year's. Murders have occurred at all hours, including broad daylight on the streets. The warning states, retaliatory gang violence has been the primary motive in 2024 murders. A level two advisory was issued Friday warning visitors to exercise increased caution. 
Mm, you said the State Department said Jamaica's murder rate has consistently been among the highest in the Western Hemisphere going back several years. U.S. citizens visiting the island are urged to purchase traveler's insurance, including medical evaluation. Jesus. Interesting. Listen, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if they're just trying to mess y'all up on the island. I mean, tourism is a lot of yo like the money. Y'all can't have these, these uh, cray crays uh, messing up y'all funds. It's just crazy. Oh, man. That's a little nerve-wracking. Pretty soon, I mean, it's going to be, they're going to be warning you about every place. But I think I talked about this over the summer, that there was warnings in Jamaica and other places not to go. So very interesting. Uh, So if you're going to any of the Caribbean islands or stuff like that, be very careful, okay? Um, they're saying they're putting out warnings, okay? Okay, let's see what else we need to talk about. Um, okay, this case is so interesting. Child, I don't know what's going on with it, okay? So, a few weeks ago in Kansas City, child, some Kansas City fans, Kansas City Chief fans got together, these five men, to watch a Chief game, right? Three of them ended up dead, child. And nobody knows what has happened. It has been a mystery, okay? Let's talk about it. Let me, let's, I think Fox has a report on it. Let me see if I can pull it up. Which I hear they report. Okay, let's see we get Okay. I'm gonna try to pull this up and get shot so I can see. Okay, here. Okay, it says okay, so let's listen to this report from Fox News, okay? So I'm gonna put it on here so you guys can hear about it, okay? Very interesting uh story were found dead in his backyard after the Kansas City Chargers game is reportedly depressed over constant speculation that he was somehow involved. A close source telling Fox Nation not only is the whole country accusing him of murdering his friends without factual details, evidence, or any charges at this time, but he also lost three close friends. So what happened? There was a reaction forensic pathologist and Fox News contributor, Dr. Michael Potts. Doctor, good morning. Good morning. It's so puzzling because Mr. Willis, uh, of the four people who were in the house that night, there was a fifth, but he left at midnight. Of the four people, he's the one guy whose house it was and the one guy who didn't die. Yeah, but it sounds like from what's been released so far that he slept for a long period of time. It, it may be that all four of them took something that made them pass out. He passed out indoors and slept it off. They passed out in the cold weather and snow, and within an hour, the body temperature would go down from 98 degrees to 80 degrees, and the heart rhythm uh, goes awry, and the person dies of cardiac arrest. Uh, 
because of the cold, hypothermia. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the toxicology would be very helpful because the toxicology uh, will uh, tell us the level of what was present right. and the level. This may be just a recreational level, and they didn't die of a drug overdose. It's so puzzling because uh, it, it would be one thing if it was one person, but the simultaneous deaths of three people? You're, you're absolutely right. The, the most common simultaneous deaths are caused by carbon monoxide, indoors always. Right. Outdoors, you don't die of carbon monoxide. And uh, that's why I think that they took something that drug users commonly. Oh, you're saying oh, they all, all four may have taken the same uh, uh, unknown. They may not have known what was in the material that they were taking. And they got confused. They passed out. One passes out indoors and sleeps it off. The others are outdoors and die of the cold. And uh, the uh, I'm sure the police already know. They were at the scene. They got information from the scene, uh, what was used and not. They, I'm sure this Willis person is talking and cooperating with what he knows. Uh, the police are looking for whoever supplied the drug, and when they find out, right. they'll release the information. They know the cause of death. They know what the toxicology is by now. So they're, the, the cops, the KT cops, are playing close to the vest so as not to tip off whoever might have supplied that would Okay, so it's interesting. So these three men, uh, this is from Fox. It says the brother of one of Kansas Chiefs fans found dead in a friend's backyard. It says that one of the men's frozen bodies was sitting in a lawn chair, which he says paints a picture we didn't have from the beginning. Ricky Johnson, 38, Clayton McKinney, 36, and Darren David Harrington were all found dead outside their friend Jordan Willis's rental home on January the 9th after attending an NFL watch party there two days earlier. Now, this man slept for two days, okay? So it does, the man who was inside the house, the, rent, the guy who rented the house, he didn't know his friends were outside on the lawn bed, okay? <clears throat> a fifth man at the party said he left the house around midnight, according to his attorney, while Willis' lawyer said he had no no knowledge of what of what happened. The Kansas City Police Department has insisted in interviews with uh in interviews with Fox News Digital, that their deaths are 100% not being investigated as a homicide, that Willis is not considered a suspect, and that he has cooperated fully with investigators, okay? Um, said David Harrison was found on lawn chair uh, on the back porch rather than all three laying flat. As a brother, I'm looking at everything. Wow, these guys, it's crazy how all three of them. Medical examiners have yet to reveal the men's cause of death with a spokesperson at Frontier Forensics. Midwest telling Fox News Digital that the results of men's toxicity report will take six to eight weeks to process. While their full autopsy reports will be released for another 10 to 12. Uh, here's what I'll say. It's very strange because the friend was sleep. Uh, one of the wives had to come over, a girlfriend had to come over and kind of break in the house, and that's where she discovered, you know, she looked out the back door and she discovered the body. The guy was still claiming to be sleeping in the house, and when the police came, that is when he only opened the door, answered the door, okay? Uh, that's why people are suspicious, being suspicious, allegedly. That's what the story is, Okay. And so people are, like, not knowing what happened because they it's like it's a difference if one person was out on the line, but it's three people 
dead. So it's almost like, were they taking something? Did they do something? What? I mean, it's crazy. It's a very crazy story. It's just a really weird one, okay? So we'll just keep uh, looking at the story I know on the Internet, uh, especially on YouTube and stuff. You know, you got the YouTube investigators, and there's been people all over this case, like everything. Like there are so many miniature Nancy Graces out there now, okay? <laughs> on YouTube, <clears throat> following this case around. Just strange, Okay. So it was five men that met together at this person's house. And the guy who's at the guy's house they met, he's a pretty well-to-do, prominent scientist. Like he uh, deals with, I think, uh, uh, HIV, that uh, things or stuff like that. I forget the exact things what he deals with. But pretty known, I mean, pretty uh, does well in the scientific community or saying or whatever. So that's interesting. Uh he sleeps for two days and doesn't know his friends are dead on the line. Now, the interesting thing is that he wouldn't, he, he, he said he couldn't answer people's phone calls because he was asleep. So he didn't even know his friends were out there. Wow. Oh, that's weird. Weird story, okay? Weird story. All right, Kansas City, out of Kansas City. This is strange, okay? Um, let's see what's the next here we're going to talk about. What uh, was something I wonder? I don't know about East LA yet. Trying to get out the next. It was another story I have for you guys. That y'all know how. For my listeners, y'all know how I be running around here. I be know. Okay, yes, we want to talk about the cancellation of Black shows. It's a race talked about last week. It's a race says studio cancellations of Black shows have first considering the indie route. You're seeing very clearly our stories are less a priority. Now listen. <sighs> India, I mean, uh, Issa Rae had canceled this week. I was so upset when I heard about it because I actually find this show fascinating. And I was sad that to hear uh, it was canceling, and that is uh, Issa Rae's uh, rap shit. It's a very – I'm trying to think how I can explain it to y'all. That's something in my mouth. Y'all ignore me. But it is an interesting – uh, so about two women, kind of like city girls, and they're come up in the rap industry and all the things they have to go through in order to make it. Oh, the show is good. There's some caricature stuff in it, but for the most part, I thought the show was really good in giving you a look at the struggle, especially for two women, one with a child, one, dealing with legal issues and stuff like that, and trying to break into the music business and all the things that come along with that. Oh, if I was Issa Rae, I would have to take this show somewhere else, like Netflix or something, because it was really good. I would not give up on the show. I think it could have went at least four or five years. Okay, as much as Insecure. Really good show. Okay, hopefully she does something else. But it says... You're seeing very clearly our stories are less of a priority. 
It's a race career as a Hollywood writer, producer has included four series developed through the studio systems, but she says that recent industry ties have her considering alternate avenues as a creator in the future. You're seeing so many black shows get canceled. You're seeing so many executives, especially in the DEI side, get canned. You're seeing very clearly now what that our stories are less of a priority, she says in a cover story, for Annette. Uh, Porter's digital publication, Porter, it's made it's made me take more step, steps to, to try to be independent down the line if I have to. Hmm. Ray is currently under a five-year overall deal with the conglomerate that is known as Warner Media, Media, and she just signed in 2021 an extension of a relationship with HBO that began in 2016 just before her Emmy-winning comedy Insecure premiered. Earlier this month, Max canceled her comedy rap shit after two seasons. Uh, The prolific uh, television creator whose hooray banner also made the Emmy winning a black lady sketch show, which was canceled over summer, which should have been retracted. No, 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 I can't give a child about that. A lot of people were saying black lady, the black lady sketch show was not funny. Listen, I saw, I had a few people that said it was funny, but for every them two key people, it was so many more that talked about how horrible the black lady sketch show. I don't. I I tried to watch it. Okay, I tried. That shit was not funny. It, it just wasn't funny. They didn't know how to make that funny. It was it was terrible. And I clapped through his cancellation. I don't want to see nobody losing no job. But I hate seeing him tire shows on, too. Okay, but um, said, just before any kind of insecure premiere, earlier this month, okay, they said, um, a black lady sketch show, which was canceled over the summer, also has a thriving career as a film star, appearing in three Oscar-nominated movies last year, American Fiction, Barbie, and Spider-Man. Across the Spider-Verse, hmm. Okay, in the satirical American fiction, she plays artist in Astro Golden. Okay, listen, listen, I wanted to read y'all because I wanted you to understand the space, what was happening with Black Hollywood. A lot of the shows are getting canceled. And see, Taraji and them already out there talking about they ain't got no money. I mean, you know, they broke and you be paying more and stuff. But you're going to talk about a little later on the show. And I'm going to tell you why. It's not that I don't agree that black actresses should be paid decent raises, better raises. You know, being an actress myself, I get that. But my problem is complaining to a wealthy group. Because that's what you're doing when you complain, you know, you're complaining. And you're hoping they advocate for you. And it's so amazing to me, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, has we as black Americans, we will advocate for Taraji to get paid more. But we don't do black politics for ourselves and not understanding how low we are on the totem pole. Taraji got rich girl problems, okay? Even it's raised in a different ish, on a different class level and everything. But we won't deal, we'll be more invested in them who don't do black politics, making money 
I mean, making money and not our wages and not be concerned with our political things and political atmosphere. Celebrity can sometimes distract in that way, okay? So this is very interesting, okay? Uh, but it, So when you see that kind of stuff happening, you know it could be an issue for um, black celebrity in the long run if they're canceling a lot of shows and holding jobs and stuff. Speaking of that, let me just go on and talk about Taraji real quick. But this is the story. It's from Hollywood Unlocked. It said, DJ Vlad reacts to Taraji P. Henson speaking on being underpaid. No one wants to hear a millionaire complain, okay? During this time, it's hard, okay? But it says, it's no secret Taraji P. Henson has been open about pay inequality in Hollywood. Has we previously reported, the actress spoke with Gail King during a series XM interview and addressed if the rumors were about her quitting were actually true. Well, she was not quitting acting. Cause let me tell y'all, where else, unless you're going to be a surgeon or something like that or a research scientist, where else, Taraji, are you going to make $150,000 for a week of work? When, you already said, when they say they quit acting, where else are you going to go with? Okay, that says, I'm just, you know, get back to the money you do get. She said, I'm just tired of working so hard, being gracious at what I do and getting paid a fraction of the cost, she said, dabbing her eyes. I'm tired of hearing my sister say the same thing over and over. You get tired of, I hear people go, you work a lot. Well, I have to. The math ain't math. And when you start working a lot, you have a team. Big bills come with that. And we, and what we do, we don't do this alone. It's a whole entire team behind us. They have us. They help us to get paid. Okay. Uh, during the SAG after Foundation interview on December 19th, Henson explained how she had to cut ties from her her team, playing the role of Cookie. Uh, at, after playing the role of Cookie Line in the hit TV drama Empire, according to Forbes, the series was the most valuable show on television, bringing in 125.5 million in ad revenue in 2016. The drama aired from 2015 to 2020, and Henson slammed her team for not getting more, getting her more roles and endorsements. Everybody had to uh, fucking go. Where's my deal? Where's my commercial? Cookies at the top of the fashion game. Where? Okay, she said, "Where's my endorsements? Why did you have it? Why did you have? Why did you have set up for after this? That's why you all haven't seen me in so long." They had nothing set up, Hinton said. In the same interview, she also revealed her team wanted her to do a spin show of Chrissy Lyon, but she wasn't feeling it. She wasn't feeling it was going to be done correctly. All they wanted to do was another cookie show, and I said I'll do it, but it has to be right, okay? Listen, let me just stop right here. These are, listen, black people, I know you like to get on the shade room and the blogs and say, Taraji, y'all don't know this. She deserves her money and all this stuff like this. But understand that the medium income in black America, and I'm not saying that she shouldn't be paid like, well, you know, uh, fair, fair wages, because I know it's a lot of white actors and white actresses across the board who be having, but they'll be getting, walking away with $20 million, $10 million salaries. Crazy. Okay? And Taraji can be the top of the thing and get, have all kind of number one movies, but still receive a lot less. That is not fair, but at the same time, her wage is so far above the average black American's wage in America. 
that it's hard to hear her complaining because you like the average person in Black America makes fifty six. I very uh, apologize for that for saying that to her, but the average Black American person makes fifty six thousand dollars. So it is sometimes we get so invested in celebrity that we we sitting on the line, everybody arguing about need to be paid more, including me. I said that at times because sometimes we tend to put ourselves akin to her because she's a black woman in America, right? And she's struggling in her uh, situation. But it's a very different struggle than the average black American. Your struggle is so far from Taraji's struggle. You struggle to make basic wages on your just regular job. But you would do politics for, for, for Taraji, who's a millionaire, to make all this money but not politics for yourself. So I, to me, her complaining about, I got a team, I didn't get no car, no security. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> that job, some people may estimate they get overpaid, right? So my thing is, uh, what are you telling us for? What can we do about it? <laughs> because we have a wealthiest group here in Black America, and but they're hoping – what you have with a lot of celebrities, they're hoping you will advocate for them because you will uh, you will find kinship with, with their color, but not understanding that you're not most of us, not all of us, but most of us are living, hmm, let me see how I can say this, way different lifestyles than the celebrities. And you don't share the struggle for you with the medium income of $56,000 a year is not a struggle for Taraji P. Henson, being under the poverty level. Yes, black celebrity does have their own set of problems in black, but and also that part of that comes from that a lot of black celebrities depend on a wealthiest group to view their stuff, to go see their things, to buy concert tickets, all those things. And if you don't understand, that's why when we talk about Beyonce and Taylor Swift in a minute, the difference is black artists sometimes have to pull from a white audience. Are they not going to be making that much? Because you, you're at the, you, you're, you you are impoverished in America, even though it don't look like you are. But you're at the bottom of everybody in the wealth gap. And why are you at the bottom? You're at the bottom because you came from a group, Black Adolf. You came from a group, you're descendants of American slaves, okay? You started at a deficit where others start at a plus they come over here, even immigrants, even black immigrants. A lot of times black immigrants who come over to a country, I was reading about somebody the other day, a black immigrant, okay, who come over. A lot of times they, they're the wealthy, they come from the wealthy part of their, their, their uh, uh, some of them, or they get more, sometimes a lot of help. Uh, there are a lot of things, and sometimes they'd be like saying, well, you don't understand why you're not making it. You come over here. You, they, and there's not a lot of truth being told. A lot of times you'll have people whose parents were on the wealthy side uh, of, of uh, uh, coming here. Like I heard one person talking about how they made, they was they, they was making a thousand and some dollars 
or something on the island that came over here with $2,000, well, uh, $3,000 in the 1930s. I said, well, that's a lot more than ADOS probably. <laughs> ADOS is here facing Jim Crow, discrimination, <laughs> and hard to get a leg up from the poverty of slavery. And so that's why I feel like you should not, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wrong comparison, and actually, the, sometimes our numbers should be separated because it's a very different thing. I was even reading um, an old story about somebody, and they talk about their family uh, being able to afford to come to America because something happened in their uh, life, and the family had to move real quick, or something like that. And that, even that, is a very different story from ADOS in America. That's why I always say, and I'm not trying to be mean. People be thinking, are you being xenophobic? No. Adolf, the Adolf story is very different from a Jamaican, a Jamaican-American story, okay, in America, the story of America. So it's hard to compare those situations. And if you don't understand as a black celebrity or a black uh, person who is the, your business is depending on black Americans coming out, and it, it would be mostly ADOS in this country because ADOS makes up for 30 to 40 million of, uh, in America. First, I think like two, two, three million immigrants, four million immigrants, stuff like that, black immigrants. So ADOS has to buy these tickets to the movies. They got to buy these tickets for entertainment and stuff like that. But a lot of times with black entertainers, they don't understand black politics. So they're out there not understanding why they're struggling to get a bigger piece of the wealth pie in 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 Hollywood, not understanding the politics of of the black American average everyday person and understanding that because you in, inherit the legacy of a wealthless group if you're out there as a black person, you have to depend on them to buy tickets. You have to depend on it. So you really need to understand the atmosphere going on in black America. And then you you might not talk about you not making that up because you might start advocating, saying, hey, well, our group is welcome as a whole in America, and what can I do? Because I'm in a much different place than the group. I'm in a big wealthy place. So complaining to them about my uh, maybe bad negotiation skills is not not to say that there isn't some race issues and stuff out in Hollywood. I'm sure there's tons of them. But I'm saying it's very different from asking, telling the wealthless group and expecting them to advocate for you when they've got bigger fish to fry. I hope I make sense, y'all. I hope I do. So I, in some senses, I thought, you know, why is Vlad apologizing, okay? So um, they said, well, after Clip made his rounds on social media, a lot of women stood behind Hence's comments. But DJ Vlad has a different take on the whole situation. While interviewing Matt Kofa, the two had a debate about Taraji's comments. And this is what Vlad had to say. Here's the bigger problem. No one wants to hear a millionaire complain that they didn't get more millions. They're already a millionaire. Taraji lives in a $6 million house, and she's worth $12 million. Nobody wants to hear Vlad complain 
about money, he feared. And in some senses, well, I feel like black people, I feel like black people will catch on to that even faster than their own politics because what celebrities sell is a lot of black aspiration. Some senses, you feel some sort of a kinship, but it's, but to me, it's more living vicariously to do them because it's a lot less easy. It's a lot less, I mean, it's a lot easier than having to deal with your real problems down here on the floor and advocate for them. Okay? Now you're trying to advocate for a group that is very wealthy and is moving in different circles and moving in different ways. And it's very, it's not a kinship in my personal opinion to what the average black American goes through. Through And Taraji's saying, and she's saying little keywords to me that gets you to advocate for her. But she's not understanding the politics that black people are wealthy. You need to advocate for them because you have the wealth. And your your problem with uh, discrimination on that level should be with your peers. Not advocating to a group and trying to identify, saying keywords and trying to identify them. I'm just tired. I don't know, you know, I'm tired of working and not getting this and that. And when her complaint is, I, I didn't get a driver in, in, in Atlanta, a personal driver. I need security. <laughs> and I'm sure you need all that, Taraji. But black people sometimes just need food to put on the table. So you complaining to the wealthiest group who sometimes is struggling with just putting food and, and, and things on the table that you need security and a driver. Oh, my God. I, when I got here, they didn't have no dressing room for me, child. <laughs> and because we're delusional as black people, we sitting up here entertaining. We, we be entertaining to Roger and them and start advocating for them. Oh, they need more. What about you needing more? You in more trouble than Taraji. <laughs> Taraji's ass gonna be okay, okay? I'm with Vlad. She living in a six million dollar house. Okay. I mean, seriously. What her problem is with work is telling y'all saying I may have to quit. What you gonna quit? Not that hundred fifty thousand dollar a week a job when you was on Empire before it shut down before it canceled, you weren't gonna quit. Where are you gonna make that kind of money from? I keep saying I agree with Vlad on this. Okay? Um very interesting. Okay, let's go back. Let's see what else we need to talk about. Okay. So when I'm gonna take a break, but when we come back, child, we gotta talk about M and M child coming out of the out of the blue, I mean, out of nowhere, man, with a beef. And you know who the beef is with? Benzino. I can't take Eminem seriously, okay? When Ever since he's been beefing, when he beefed with Mariah Carey, and Mariah Carey actually came back with an R&B song that was better than his rap, I couldn't take him seriously no more, okay? We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about uh, Kayla Nicole, Travis Kelsey's ex, saying, Kayla said, hey, her next man, she she don't want no athletes in these streets, okay? It's a lot dealing with (laughs) y'all. Okay, so we are talking about that. 
And um, what else? I got up here for y'all to talk, just to talk about. Uh, Megan the Stallion with his comes for everybody, okay? Everybody's head, but especially Nicki Minaj's head. Uh, and what else? Oh, and Kevin Hart losing round one to Tasha K. Child, we got to talk about all that, all that, and a whole lot more when we get back on the Carlotta Chatwood show. Meanwhile, y'all, I'm going to put on here for y'all to listen to. Okay, what's going on here? You know, I can think. I play that. Okay, let's hear Egg Benet. Oh, I love this song. News for you. It's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all. Mm-hmm.
get tired of that so spending time with you. That is my groove, okay? Listen, I look my favorite one of my favorite Janet albums that y'all were sleeping on because of that stupid Super Bowl was a Demita Joe. Okay. Demita Joe got cut. Okay. That means Demita Joe album was it. Okay. All right, it's the CC show, and we are back, and we're talking hot topics, and oh my goodness, let's see what we're going to start off with. Okay, let's just start off with Haley Bailey. I got to get this out of the way, okay? Haley Bailey says she did not lie about her pregnancy. Peace protecting. Oh, God. Haley Bailey taps back at critics claiming she lied about her pregnancy. I never lied or said anything, okay? Uh, this is what she says. It says, um... This is according to Bossup.com. It says, on January 28th, the singer and actress clapped back on haters on X, formerly Twitter, after a user claimed that she lied and gassed at people on social media about her pregnancy. The Neatson claimed uh, that uh, Bailey wanted desperate folks online to know every little detail about her motherhood journey now that she's safely giving birth to her son, Halo, with DDG, Bailey 23, quickly sat down the shady ex-user. I never lied or even said anything about it, honey. Making a joke about my nose was the farthest uh, was the farthest I went the straw road. I never understand why you are mad. I protected my own peace. Wouldn't you do the same? And I'm going to share my pics now if I want to because my son is here safely. If you don't want to see it, just keep scrolling, baby. LOL, LOL God bless you, okay? In a separate post, the new mom slammed a Nixon, which is just that she stopped posting pictures of her pregnancy online because Sam simply didn't care about the news. If you don't care, why are you responding to this? I just don't care by living your best life and not commenting on mine. The do with Sanchez pins on X. After she hit send the post, Bailey told fans that she would be logging off of social media to protect her peace. My, my hormones have been on 10 recently, so I'm going back to staying off Twitter. Love you all, she wrote in a follow-up post. Uh, let me just say this to Haley Bailey, okay? There's a lot of ways that you can protect your peace. I think that you toyed with, I think, listen, I really do. I believe you wanted to protect your peace, but I also think you toyed with the fact once fans found out you were pregnant, you kept toying with it. Why? Because it's publicity. It keeps people talking about you. You have to play the publicity game as a celebrity, especially in today's world. Okay. And now she's on here telling you everything about her baby. Why she didn't tell you before she was pregnant first, it might have been a problem because she was Little Mermaid. Keep it real. It's a Disney thing. And she out here, another unwed mama, right? Allegedly. I don't know. Some of y'all, unless she even got married or something. Okay? And I even went off on this show about it because I was like, you you young girls got to be careful because you're in the prime of your career and stuff like that. And I'm not saying don't have your baby babies or I bless that. I'm saying don't be stupid. Because what happens, what a lot of you girls don't understand is, and I'm not saying this with DDG, okay? I'm just saying he made a song talking about toxic, I mean, uh, something, famous bitches and all that. But listen, what will happen, young ladies, is, uh, a lot of times, and I'll try to say this word, you, you, can, you can see celebrities on the landscape this has happened to, okay? What will happen is sometimes you don't realize that you have vampire energy in your midst, okay? So how can I say this? Men trap women too, 
Okay. So what uh, what what goes on? You're a woman. You're heading up. You're you're doing your thing. You're out there. You're on the come up. You got a boyfriend. Maybe he's not so much on the come up yet, right? But you guys are missing, and you don't protect yourself, and you end up pregnant. And then pretty soon, sometimes what you'll see is he'll start coming up. And you will be like, you, your career starts suffering a little bit. It's happened to some women, some women out here who have not been. I, you, can, I, you can see a few on the landscape, right? Because sometimes people are usurping energy from you. Not all the time. Sometimes it's just an accident. But a lot of times some people are sucking your energy. And a lot of sometimes men will do that. From you, especially if you're moving in your career and you're you're at a place that you have a time and a space. Just like men can, women can do the same thing to men. Can energetically mess them up by getting pregnant at a time when the man wasn't wanting the kids. Something men can do the same thing to women, and it's a kind of a vampire act because what happens is. You end up spending all your energy and stuff being a new mom and doing all these things. Your career starts to take a hit. But meanwhile, he starts to go up. Because as my grandparents used to say back in the day, mama's baby, daddy maybe. Okay? Daddy sometimes don't, don't, do it, don't do as much day-to-day as mama's do, especially in the early years. So when we are on here talking to you young unwed girls about protecting your space and protecting your 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 womb and everything and making sure that you have a child within timing for yourself because we understand that you can have energies that will take your prime from you and then put it on themselves. Okay? In the case of Haley Bailey. I think there was a lot of embarrassment because she was pregnant. There was a lot of talk about DDG for a while. And then I think when she realized the fans ain't no fool and figured out she was pregnant, then it's toying with the fans. Hey, keep their name in your mouth. And you can't tell me, girl, that you didn't, that, that wasn't the case. I don't believe that. I believe that you definitely wanted to play with it and publicists definitely wanted to play with it to keep you out there, to keep talk about you and now that your baby here now you can use you got a new talking point the baby now i do believe you wanted to protect your peace but there's a number of ways you could have did that you you know how you could have protect your peace you could have simply went to a couple of premieres for your um uh, movie you see your life was adjusted because you found out she was pregnant i want to protect my peace let me drop off the scene for a minute and protect my peace but you didn't do that you was at every you was at you showed up at all your premieres showing side views showing wearing big things you play, you gaslit in some ways you did don't lie and say you didn't you did to keep on talking it's part of showbiz And now you got a new talking point because the baby's here. I mean, we ain't no fools. You, if you want to protect your peace, you could have, you know, they would have stopped talking about you if you just would have dropped off. We wouldn't have seen you nowhere. You could just dropped off and went and had your baby in peace and then came back in about six months and said, oh, hey, yeah, me and DDG had a baby. Uh, and we just want to let everybody know. 
for those who knew, thank you for your prayers and all that stuff, but you didn't. And you said, well, I had to work. No, you didn't. Not if you wanted to protect your peace from the fans. You did All you had to do was go away and disappear. But instead, you did not. You was up at every premiere showing yourself, showing a video. Said, I said, why can't I live my life? Because you said you wanted to protect your peace. And you know fans are going to talk if they're already thinking you're pregnant and you're coming out showing sad shots. It was just. It was just a lot of toying, and it actually went too long. It's crazy. And I feel like it, a lot of it was publicity-driven. Okay? And I ain't mad at you. That, you it's, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to be keep your name out there. Okay? But don't sit here and try to fool us. And tell me, I'm going to log out the Internet now. I'm protecting my peace. See, I'm talking about it right now, giving her, giving her listen. What she say down here? If you don't care, why are you responding to her? Just don't care by living your best life and not commenting on mine. No, Haley Bailey, it's good for the public to comment on yours. That's a part of the business. That's how they sell you celebrities today. Part of it, unfortunately for you, is they sell your public, your private life. You want them to comment on you. Do you want them to forget about you and your ass? I don't think so. Now, there's celebrities who do. When they want you to forget about their ass, you don't see them. They don't come on them nothing. They just be disappear. They ass will disappear, okay? They ass won't say nothing. They mums the word, fucking work. But this motherfucker comes on. She's still talking. I, that's why I say y'all got to start peeping game, okay? No offense, and I like Haley, and I love Chloe. I like them. One of my favorite little groups. But seriously, I had to get on them the last several months because it's been crazy. And I understand there are growing pains that you have as young women in show business, and you are experiencing something that a lot of us have not experienced growing up in the public. But I also understand the games, girl. And there's a lot of ways you can keep your peace. But don't keep trying to gas at Well, honey, and getting smart with fans and stuff like that online because they coming at you and all that stuff. Listen. Just log off. You ain't got to nobody. And stop commenting on mine. No, you want them to comment on yours. You like the blogs having you. Which blogs don't talk about you at all. What they don't talk about you at all. You know, there's celebrities who are really good at that. Like, I think I'm the only person that talks about Maxwell because I'm a Maxwell fan. You look at the blogs. I don't hardly ever see the blogs talking about Maxwell. I don't hear, hear one damn thing about Maxwell's ass, okay? Why? Because he's really good at me disappearing. Really good at staying quiet when he wants his when he, he he because why because it really he really it, he could probably really be out there and be getting some some publicity and stuff. But he's like, like you know like you know when I knew you know let me tell you something with him I always know when it's a photo op <laughs> or something's happening when I see him in public if it's not a premiere or if it's not a party or something like that and I see him randomly on a beach with a chick, I'm like, somebody called these motherfuckers and told him to come. One of his publicist men said, Hey, Max was on the beach with a girl or, you know, he walking down the street with Janelle. I mean, that shit don't randomly happen with Maxwell. So somebody fucking pay attention to Maxwell like that. Because he's very private. You know, he keeps his shit and he's like, I'm gone. You know, I'm, 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 motherfuckers, I'm gone. I I'm, I'm on vacation. Shit, I don't know if these motherfuckers know where I'm at. Nothing. Okay? But this motherfucker come on to, she's videotaping herself everywhere. She go, they be trying to fool us. Uh, uh, uh. 
I just wanted to protect my peace. No, you didn't. Bitch, you was in front of the camera every time you got a chance. God forgive me. I shouldn't say that. Girl, you was in trouble on camera every time you got every time you got a chance. I'm just saying there are celebrities out here who that do do that and do that well. And I believe them when they say I was protecting my peace because they be gone. I don't see them. I don't be seeing them on the blogs every day. So I feel like when I see that kind of thing with him, I say that's somebody in Kyle because shit, ain't nobody know where he is. He's very, that's a private, it's somebody private that protects their shit, okay? Like when that cruise come, motherfucker, then you're going to see his ass all the time because it's cruise. He's supposed to be seen. But in his regular life, nah, he be protecting his peace for real. Haley Bailey is not protecting her peace. Haley Bailey's out here creating publicity for herself, okay? Yeah. Okay, she on publicity one twenty four seven, and she got the baby on it too. Okay. Trying to tell me you ain't got the baby. I'm about to log out now. Sure you are. Okay. <sighs> then she goes. Haley Bailey recently admitted to photoshopping her baby out bump out of a photo shoot over the weekend. The Color Purple store took to her Instagram. Story to share some behind-the-scenes footage of a Photoshop shoot that she did while pregnant in October that had uh, Nitsons online uh, food. Bailey revealed that she had her baby bump Photoshop out of the image to keep her pregnancy under wraps. That's to keep y'all talking because by then, most of y'all knew. So what the fuck she was doing that for? She was doing that trying to, you didn't keep nothing a secret, girl. Everything knew out here in these streets. You was just toying, trying to keep the 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 myth keep people talking about if you was pregnant or not. I don't know how that's keeping your peace, taking a picture and then putting it out here. If you wanted to keep your peace for real, you would have took a picture and said, shit, I ain't going to release nothing under me because I know I'm famous and I don't want them talking about me. Because, you know, you can feel that energy regardless of that, you know, regardless. So you you like, you, I'm going to just stay offline. But not your little ass. You photoshopping pictures and everything. Yes, she was gaslighting your fans because you enjoyed the mystery surrounding the talk surrounded around if you was pregnant or not. You you was getting something out of that. So you wouldn't really be able to protect your people. I don't believe that story. I said what I said. And I like her. You know, I do. I really like her. I like her and Chloe a lot. I've praised them a lot on here. But I've also come after them. No, you are not trying to protect your peace when you got your monkey ass on the Internet taking pictures all the time from the side. When you know people out here, you know the Internet, everybody's on the Internet saying, uh-huh, is she pregnant? Oh, it don't look like where she up. Oh, look at her, baby. I see a bump. When you know that, you ain't doing nothing but trolling and acting crazy. You want to try to protect your peace. Girl, tell me that shit, Dad. Get out. Get out of here. Get that shit out of here. Stop it. Okay, just say I was having fun with you. Okay? I knew y'all was out here talking. I was having fun. It was funny to listen to y'all, see some of y'all posts. That's what you really should be saying, okay? I was trying to protect my peace. I was trying to protect my peace. Okay, to my peace. Then go in the hide and I ask Maxwell, how you going to hide? How you do that shit? Because there's a lot of celebrities that go in the hide. Ask her, how you, look at Beyonce's ass. You don't want to see her ass. You don't see her. You don't want to see her ass. When Renaissance is over, that bitch like, I'm out of here. 
she showed up at a couple of Taylor Swift, uh, uh, what's the Taylor Swift, uh, uh, things, and she was like, "Bitch, I'm not showing up nowhere else. Let me go out. I'm done. That, that tour that wore me the hell out." <laughs> he also said, "I had enough of y'all with Renaissance shit. I'm gonna see y'all asses for a while, okay? They made you get out here on these tours." Speaking of Beyonce and Taylor Swift, okay, this week Shannon Sharp got a little of a lot of the beehive upset because he compared Taylor Swift to Michael Jackson. There is no, let me just uh, say this, okay, there is no comparison to Michael Jackson. There is nothing in this world currently that was like the mayhem of Michael Jackson. Nothing. And Shannon, you know that. You old, you an older man. You remember the time of Michael Jackson without the internet. Okay? You can remember the craziness from 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 coast to coast, from all over the globe of Michael Jackson. It was hysteria and we didn't even have an internet. Please. Okay. Let's talk about it. Shannon Sharp says Taylor Swift is the closest person to moving the needle like Michael Jackson. No, no, no. Shannon Sharp says Taylor Swift moves the needle similar to Michael Jackson. Uh, During a recent episode of Nightcap, Sharp and Chad Johnson discussed Taylor's impact on the NFL. Shannon then stated that Swift's impact on the league is only comparable to MJ's cultural reach. The attention that she brings and the people, the eyes that she brings that don't even watch the game of football, I do agree with this part. It's crazy what she's been able to do for the NFL, Chad said. Tell me the other person that's going to do that, Sharp said, referencing the front office report that the pop star has brought in $331 million in value to the football league. Ocho Cinco quickly shot back Beyonce. Not like this, Sharp responded. These 8 to 15-year-old eyeballs, Ocho, I love Beyonce, but Beyonce ain't moving the needle like this chick. She's the closest thing to moving the needle like Michael Jackson, we've seen. No, she's no Michael Jackson, okay? She does have good record sales, but she's not a Michael Jackson, okay? Not, there's not, no, there's nothing like that. Quit comparing people to Michael Jackson. There's no Michael Jackson. Even when y'all compare Chris Brown to Michael Jackson, Chris Brown don't even dance like Michael Jackson. Chris Brown dances more like MC Hammer to me. I wish I'd go back and look at footage of Chris Brown dancing, then look at Michael Jackson, then look at Chris Brown, then look at MC Hammer. You'll see he's more MC Hammer S. Okay? But y'all always want to compare people to Michael Jackson. He, nobody's, there's nobody. Oh, shit, I'm tired of y'all trying to act like Michael Jackson. Y'all try to lower what, what the phenomenon of Michael Jackson was, and I, I get mad about that because it was such a phenomenon that y'all try to make anything be that. Like, y'all try to grab any little thing. Look, this is like Michael Jackson. Look, this is like Michael Jackson. No, it ain't. It ain't like nothing like Michael Jackson. Nothing, you ain't never seen nothing like that. People hollering in ambulances out front. People screaming. Not people that y'all be putting in the audience and say, cry for when 
and she come down on cue and all that stuff. So that's what y'all be doing today. Y'all done borrowed from the Michael Jackson. Now, these was motherfuckers. People be out there crying and fainting all around the world. People outside that man's house. Man, it was crazy. Man, y'all, y'all got to be kidding me. Stop it. Oh, Lord have mercy. But anyway. Yes, Taylor Swift moves it needle more for NFL fans than Beyonce does. Partly because there's more white people. Taylor Swift has a big white audience. And white audiences in America and around the world have more money to spend. It doesn't mean that Beyonce doesn't get a white audience. She's not as big as Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift takes other cultures. Some cultures to Spanish, Japanese, uh, not that Beyonce doesn't do that. It's just not in the way that Taylor Swift does. Okay. Um, I don't think you guys understand that Taylor Swift was selling out three nights and two nights in stadiums, where Beyonce struggled in her tours at some time point. Sometimes to sell one night. Listen, listen, listen. It's real talk. And that's partly because we're talking about the difference between when she's got a group that mostly frequents her concert who have a lot of wealth and they got the money to spend on that. But Beyonce was asking her, the core of Beyonce's audience, I mean, yes, Beyonce has a cross-cultural fan base. But a lot of times you saw people going to the concert for Beyonce because a lot of times people just wanted to see her, was interested, what she looked like or whatever like that. But Taylor Swift fan base, there's a lot of, she has a lot of true people, you know, like, it's hard. And she has some black people, you know what I'm saying? And some, a cross-cultural thing, but mostly Europeans who have the money to spend what she's asking for. Whereas Beyonce was trying to sell tickets at five and $10,000 a point pop and black people out here in the street talking about, child, I might have to climb at that ticket. I may have to, not to say that some whites wasn't, but I'm just saying, if you understand the wealth needle in America between the wealth gap between white and black people, you'll understand why the audience is, is tough. Beyonce doesn't have a hold on the on the white audience or the audiences she leads cross-culturally like Taylor does. Now, Michael Jackson was a phenomenon. He grabbed everybody. Everybody spent money on Michael Jackson. And everybody still fucking knows with him being dead. Okay? Michael Jackson was a cross-cultural phenomenon. Not that Beyonce is in the cross-cultural phenomenon, it just isn't quite the same. She doesn't have the same grasp. Taylor does have that grasp, okay? And to the NFL fans, yes, the NFL, Taylor wears a jacket. Everybody is running out there to buy it. Beyonce tries to sell a jacket, and she flops with Adidas. No, 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 this is real shit. Taylor don't got to have no clothing lines because Taylor makes a lot of money from her fan base and merchandising shit. She's not dealing with a wealthless group. And I ain't trying to dog my people. I love black people. I love us. I love us. But it's real what we're dealing with. And a lot of these black celebrities don't understand what they're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. This is what you're dealing with. And it's the Lulu 
the Lulu, first of all, Taylor Aaron, neither, neither Taylor or Beyonce is anywhere near Michael Jackson's category, okay? Michael Jackson's dead and making a billion dollars, okay? His estate is making a billion dollars right now. Michael Jackson in the ground. Michael Jackson been in the ground since 2009, and his estate is still generating wealth, time wealth. When Michael Jackson was alive, he helped build. Michael Jackson was something you ain't never seen. He ain't, Taylor ain't sold, sold no one album, 150 million albums. Get out of here! I ain't gonna never see that again. There's something special happening or something. I don't know. They, they say they relegate you back to buy an album or something. They ain't going to see that. So, so, yes. No, it is. She has just a very bigger range, a bigger, bigger stretch. And the NFL fan base identifies with her probably more so than they do a Beyonce. Doesn't mean she's a better artist or a better performer. We know the Beyonce child. You know, especially singing. Right? But if the thing is, it's just that she she she's dealing with a different group, a different type of fan. And I totally agree with Shannon Sharp on that, okay? Uh Taylor Swift has and I don't believe, you know, listen, I believe the NFL games, I, I believe NFL's and I know I believe sports in general could be have some rigging. I don't think all of it's rigged, but I do believe a lot of it can be. I don't believe these particular games are. I think there, uh, I think there's ways to rig games, especially through coaches, refs, and I, and we found out. Remember a couple of years ago when one of the NFL coaches was talking about how they asked him allegedly to lose a game to get the trash picked. They, they quickly quiet that shit down, okay? But that tells you a little bit about maybe possibility. You can have some WWF moments, okay? So, uh, yes, yeah, so so a lot of y'all were saying Taylor Swift was chief of one two because of Taylor Swift. But, because, you know, I think the men might be annoyed, but the women in football are probably not annoyed at the presence of Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is probably anything she wears a Chief jersey, it's probably going off the shelf. Taylor Swift wore, wore some earrings the other night in Kansas City, and somebody sent me a video of this little old store having, I mean, uh, going crazy, people trying to buy them earrings and this little ring she had on, a Chief ring. Okay, listen, she generating big dollars, okay? I ain't going to lie. Anytime you see her up there and little Swifties want to dress, you know, be the type, you know, Wilson Taylor, some Travis Kelsey stuff, child, that relationship might be faker than a $2 bill, but <laughs> I don't think it's fake for her. I don't think it's fake, though. I actually don't. You know, if you look at this chart, and I was listening to Apollonia talk about him, Apollonia is an astrology lady, and she was talking about, you know, he might be playing her face, but, you know, like him liking sad women and stuff like that. But I do think he has a type, but I think I think Travis is going to ride this through. He's going to ride this out. And I can't blame him because he's about, you know, he about to retire. So he's like, he, them billions can help that uh, T-check. So it says, but it has connected more fans of Taylor's and more fans of the NFL in some way, sort of, to see that they have a connection now and have a connection to our game, to Taylor. I think it's great for the league to have that kind of attention. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. 
And uh, Taylor has managed to change her reputation because, listen, I remember Taylor Swift at the beginning. I remember the rumors of uh, allegedly racial things. But Taylor Swift has managed to turn all of that around now, and especially dating Travis Kelsey, okay? Because, child, I know you in turn. Travis like baby, okay? <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, there was rumors about her. I'm not lying about these rumors, okay? There, there's been rumors out there about backing her about her in the early days, okay? But she has managed to really change those things. And to me, Taylor Swift has really managed to lean into the girl next door, the fun girl, the cool girl starting to lean into it. And what I love about Taylor, I will say this year, is that she's become, she seems more realistic at the NFL games. I mean, I, and I started noticing her doing this. Listen, I said this on the show, uh, several shows back, before she even was hanging with Travis Kelsey, okay? When she was begging, dogging Travis Kelsey and wasn't trying to hear him. Then she finally decided, I don't know how he's going to go to a game. But I said that when she went into that wedding, when all them people were standing outside watching her and gawking at her and everything. And I think something hit her because she was looking like she looked so strange. And then that next week she was at that MTV, uh, MTV thing, and she seemed so regular. Like, I just want to cheer. I just want to enjoy myself. She, was having fun. she just seemed so different. Like, I am not going to be strange. I'm not going to be odd. I don't want people to see me. I know I'm a celebrity. I know I'm caught up in this superstore stuff, I'm not, but I'm not going to be strange. I'm going to be normal. I'm going to have fun. And they've been showing pictures of her at these games, taking pictures with fans, having a good time. And Kansas City, listen, Kansas City is a city that you can do that. It's a little time, especially with white people. I ain't going to lie. Kansas City, we always used to laugh. We say, Kansas City's fun if you watch. <laughs> We did used to say that when we was growing up, okay? Because, uh, you know, we, it's a long story if you lived in the Midwest during that time. But, listen, Kansas City is a place that you, she can have that, that chill out. It's a very friendly town and stuff like that. I think Travis and dating Travis Kelsey, I think, for Taylor Swift was her attempt at saying, I want to be real. There is nothing more down to earth that comes off. He comes off down to earth is Travis Kelsey. Okay. So um, we used to say back in the day, it's a duck. <laughs> we would say Travis Kelsey is very, uh, the white boy, he likes to act black. <laughs> and it's giving her a cool factor that she did not have before. Travis Kelsey is giving her a cool factor that she just didn't have. Now she's having it. Now she's looking normal. She's cheering for the game. She had the game cheering for her man. She's looking fun. She's like she having a good time. She ain't looking strange. Like, Beyonce is looking strange and spaced out. So she's looking like she's just having fun. Like, I'm just going to chill. I'm not going to be something strange. Y'all ain't going to make me into that. And I can appreciate that, okay? And I do think she moves the field differently. And I think she's leaning in to being just normal, or trying to come off as normal as she possibly can. You can't be too normal with all that going on. But 
she tries to lean into some form of normalcy in the midst of all that chaos. And I think she's doing such a good job at it. I think she's been doing a great job at it this year. And Travis Kelsey, to me, has added to that thing for her in normalizing her and making her cool. Because Travis Kelsey is cool, kind of, okay? A cool guy. All right, so that's what I feel on that note. All right, so let's talk about Travis Kelsey's old old girlfriend, Kayla Nicole out these streets. What's up, Kayla? Kayla Nicole out these streets. Okay, Kayla. Kayla says, I'm over dating athletes. Give me a man with power. Child, Kayla said, I'm good on the athletes, okay? Kayla said, she ain't had enough. She's waiting around here for five years on his ass, okay? Allegedly paying half on a vacation. I wish a nigga would. <laughs> Am I thinking that? You don't pay half on this vacation? Invite me to a vacation and then try to make me pay half. They said it. Now, they did say he said it wasn't true, but a lot of people were saying that stuff was true, that she was paying half on a vacation. All right, child. Not, not him being having $100 million and asking you to pay half. No, no, no. I'll be like, well, just FaceTime me while you're on the trip because I ain't paying child. That's not that happening, okay? But Kayla Nicole uh, talked to sit down this week and talk to some young ladies about, I guess, her experience. It says, uh, this is from TMZ. It says, Travis Kelsey's ex-girlfriend, Kayla Nicole, is putting the wag lifestyle in the past, revealing she's no longer interested in dating athletes. She wants a man with power, power instead. The model and influencer opened up this week about her dating life after Kansas City's tight end moved on with Taylor Swift. And she's definitely not slamming the door on jocks for good. She'd be perfectly content if her future partners never stepped foot on a field court or ice. Okay, so let's let's, let's take a listen to Kayla talk her her ish. Here we go. I see you say something about Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Everybody know he's fine. I'll say it too. Look, it's all right. Like, oh my God. Like, I'm yeah. But that's also like, that is my personality. If you know me, yeah. like, my intentions are pure. And also like, mm-hmm. I'm a girl's girl. He he has a, a girlfriend. I have no yeah. intention of trying to slide in there. Wait, did he yeah. have a girlfriend when you tweeted that? Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why I was in trouble. Like, I, I didn't even know you were sure that she would agree because that is a fine man. That right. Is, like, I think y'all, and he's from the South, too. Yeah, and this, he, he's the whole package. I'm not going to sit here and pick him up because I'm just <laughs> You, you want to see for yourself, go on his Instagram, I don't know, Google it, but you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> that's a fine man. So you were dating another athlete. Okay, so I'll never, never say never. Um, But I fully wholeheartedly believe that I am like out of the athlete stage. I would love to just date someone that mm-hmm. I do think that I'm attracted to men in positions of power. Mm-hmm. I also think that those type of men are attracted to me. Mm-hmm. So I would love to date like a executive of a record label right. or a movie producer. Mm-hmm. But then we could like go to the sporting events. Like let's right. date night be court yeah. Yeah. like yeah, that's my kind of guy. Yeah, that's me. I don't really need to go to any more what? sporting events. She because I have a jersey on with somebody's name on the back. Uh, I did that. I did that. I was fine. Yeah. I'm good. I don't live by the – our athletes are the same. And all right. men are the same. Like, I don't feel like that. I just yeah. know that, like, I've experienced it. It's not an easy lifestyle to adjust mm-hmm. to. Like, when we're talking about, like, sacrificing and things like that, like, a lot of times their career takes, takes you know, the, the priority of the situation. Because, right. like, mm-hmm. where, where does your man put? 
Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so I got it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Wherever he plays, I'm I'm assuming you have to go and visit him. Yes. Which means that you're away from your home, right. which means that yeah, yeah. you have to put work on the back yeah. sometimes. Your mm-hmm. schedule changes. Like, those are natural things as a woman that happen. Perfect. Yes. So, Kayla the said, listen, she's talking about all of that, like, you know, the, 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 what dating a dude like Travis Kelsey's like. She said she's done that. Now she want a man with some power who's executive somewhere, you know, so you executives out here, she's trying to holler. I know you was trying to holler at Jalen Hurst, girl. You trying to put your beard in in case that shit don't work. I see you. All right, but, you know, what's on? He is cute. I ain't going to lie. Jalen Hurst is cute. But, yeah, I see you, Kayla Nicole. Girl, you should put your beard in. I had already explained what Kayla should have been doing, right, when she went back to second place. I knew you was gonna, this was going to end up like this. We, 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 we talked about this on the show. A couple of, a year or two ago, when she when she turned Travis broke up and then they got back together and when they got back together, I said, "Girl, if he don't give you that ring by Christmas, you need to start collecting, uh, getting to know different people in the uh, uh, the meet, introducing yourself to other men of power around the area because you know his ass ain't serious, okay? So you need you can't you should be like, oh, his ass ain't serious." She should have been seeing that, that if he hadn't put that ring on it by the time, you should have been, been like on low key and you looking. <laughs> <laughs> she was single, girl. Yeah, I mean, she, you say, no, she was serious. Travis, Travis wasn't serious, okay? So I, she, she needed to be looking around for her next uh, slap, huh? That's what I'm doing. But anyway, it's, I thought good. Listen, all I'm saying is Kayla Nicole, she was talking about how difficult it is today dudes like this and you know listen how you gotta put your life on the back burner because their stuff comes first and stuff like that does it because i just feel like this if you're a woman this is hard because i i can get both what kayla nicole saying a little bit because would encourage any chick and I'm not saying to not go visit dudes and stuff like that who got it going on and stuff like that when I was dating and I date people who had a lifestyle or had it going on lifestyle or whatever one of the things I would try to do is make my I mean I try to have a life outside of their shit. Because, I mean, and I'm not saying this wasn't what Kayla Nicole wasn't doing. I'm sure she is. She's a model and influencer somewhere. And I mean, Instagram, right? And, and I'm me being shady. No, I'm not being shady. I'm just saying what she is. Okay, so I like Kayla. I think she's beautiful. But, uh, I mean, I feel like you have to create, even if you ain't doing shit, you have to create something like you doing shit. Like, I ain't going to always, and I ain't got to always come see you at your game. I can shit too. I mean, it doesn't mean I don't want to support you. Maybe show up at some game. But I feel like I need to establish 
that, and I think young ladies who aren't married don't understand this. When I first got married, I remember a young lady told me, one of my friends who had been married a long time, she said, uh-uh, set your ground rules and shit right now. <laughs> don't do shit that you ain't going to plan on doing forever. That's what I had. I remember tell me, don't do no shit you ain't planning on doing forever. Because they'll keep, they'll trap you up in that shit and you'll be doing that shit. <laughs> and so, you know, I had some elder women tell me that. And listen, one of the things you want to establish with people is that you have a life. And my life is not going to surround around coming to see your ass. I, I, I like you. And listen, that's how I am as a person, period. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't know what Taylor's so like, but as a person, period, this is my personal opinion. As a person, period, I, I like you and stuff. I don't want to be around you all the time. <laughs> oh, this is real talk. My friends used to say, you is a trip, girl, you are a trip. No, no, I don't got, I, listen, even if I just want to sit at home and eat some bonbons and watch your game on television, I, do I got to be at every game? I mean, really, I need to establish that I'm not going to be at every game. <laughs> Unless it's important, important. Like, if the Super Bowl runs, I'm going to be there. Because this is important to you, and I want to be there for the important stuff. And every now and then showing up at a game or something like that with my little jersey on, yes, but do I got to be there every game? <laughs> is that a prerequisite? <laughs> do I got to be at every concert? <laughs> I mean, you got to set that shit. Because once you start that, then you start to show them, like, oh, my life is surrounded around you. And I know a lot of these men say, uh, yeah, I don't want your life to be surrounded by me. And then when you get with them, they, 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 they be hopping, you say, you be like, what the fuck? I thought she didn't want your life to surround by me. And when you take some to see your cousin, you're like, what the fuck? Especially if you're a chick who is establishing yourself as, listen, I got to have my own shit. I, I mean, I like you. I, I, I love to be around you. It's fun. I mean, this is great. But listen, shit, I don't want to, I, I got other shit to do. <laughs> and I think that that should be established. So that you won't, it won't be so hard on you. It won't be so much pressure on you. If that's not what you want to do. I don't want to go to 20 games a year. And they said, if that's a requirement, is that a requirement? And let's talk about why it is a requirement. Like, what about one, and then I skip a couple, and I come to another, especially if we're not married. But you can't. You think, take, listen. Tay-Tay, Taylor, Taylor Swift is at every game this year. Now, listen, she has missed a couple of games she had to miss because what? Bitch is busy. <laughs> and you just let me tell you something else. If Taylor Swift get really, really famous from time to time, she may be at some of the games, but she's probably not. I mean, she's already really, really famous. But if she has a tour or something like that, she ain't going to be able to come to all his shit. She's already going to be performing in Tokyo. Check this out. She's performing in Tokyo 17 hours earlier than the Super Bowl. She, they said she had to rush on the plane because the Super Bowl is important. I get that. I'd be like, I'd be there for my man. My man playing the Super Bowl, I'm there, baby. But, but she has to run, rush back. 
um, plane, so she would be there for that important event. But let me just say this. Do you think if it was just a regular game, she probably rushed back? Probably not. Maybe, 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 maybe not. She got a whole big-ass career. She got time to be fucking around with Travis all the time. Now, she has been doing this this time. I think partly, she has missed some games, but I think partly, but she's been at a lot of them, too. I think partly it's because it's a new relationship. I think that uh, she's had a break. She's done with the Eros tour. This relationship came just in time for during her lull. Right during the during her law, you know, but if he he needs to understand that if you get with her, unless she decides to slow down the the career, she is going to. There are going to be times that she is not going to be around. There's times that she ain't going to be able to be at your game because Taylor, that's Taylor Swift, and she got shit to do. <laughs> so I feel like when, when Kayla was saying, "Hey, I want a man." You know, but, you know, that's a difficult thing. You know, you have to be at all against. No, you don't. Is that something they all established? I don't know. It just was just interesting when I heard that. She was talking about the difficulty in being with me like that. And I feel like that that might have been part of the reason why you guys probably didn't stay together. Because of that, just that statement I heard there. And, And maybe because. You needed to create something like she's saying now it was tough because you're always in that you're at his games and all this stuff, but you you you're you're starting to mold your life I don't know how I can say this let me I'm trying to figure out how I can say this in a nice way like you know like I don't want to you know listen when you like when people get married and stuff like that you know the Bible says leave and leave or whatever to your person. Yes, you merge lifestyles, but you keep your own. You have a life. I believe that. I believe that. You guys have. You listen here. Okay? I, that's just for me. Okay? So I'm I'm a person who I am, I was an individual before this. I'm the individual after. I mean, I'm, yes, I'm now, I'm, I'm a, it's a part of a couple. But I'm also an individual. I still have a sense of my individuality, too. And I think that is important in a sense of finding something beyond their life to do. I don't function very well when I find myself too... How can I explain it? Too immersed in someone else's thing and not have something going, something for myself. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it it don't matter. I feel like, especially if you're with those type of people, right? You know, you just have to, I just feel like, you know, you, you can't, you you can't, I can't be running around a, a football field every day. I mean, it'd be fun. I like football, so I can go to a football game every every week. Because I, I wouldn't be caring, you know, I'd probably be there to see him, but I'd be out there actually there to see the game. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, I, you know, I, I, I want the freedom to, I mean, I feel like, I guess I feel like people have to be individuals. And maybe she gave me a little hint to why they may not be together when she said that little statement of, to the other girl, when she said, you know, 
what did she actually say when she said the after? What she? I'm trying to think. I, did I take it off? Where she said um, it was tough because you know you you you're so much into their world, and yes, their world is huge and it's glamorous and it seems fun and it's tough in some senses because you gotta always have a look and all that stuff. But at the same time. I feel like those lifestyles can also swallow you up if you don't have a sense of self. And I wonder, did she lose a little sense of self in that, right? And to the point where, but that's not going to happen with Taylor Swift. It's just like Giselle. When Giselle, what's a Giselle or whatever married to Tom Brady, she was at a lot of the games and stuff, especially after she retired from modeling. That's because she wanted a family and she had kids and stuff with him and everything. But she still was supermodel. When they divorced, where she took, she had like a half of, she had more money than time from being a supermodel. Like she cleaned the fuck up. I mean, I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? She cleaned up. She had her own established identity. Okay? And then when it was over, she's taking her identity back. You know, so I think, you know, that's Taylor Swift is going to, it's the same thing. She's got her own vibe her own personality out here. I'm not saying Kayla Nicole didn't. I'm just saying it, it was probably a little bit more immersed in Travis Kelsey's world and maybe was did did he find that lost in that? I mean, you know, I wonder how he's gonna work with Taylor Swift too, because the other end for me and I feel like is when a woman is more famous, more wealthier than them, it is hard for them to accept that. So that's going to be interesting to see the dynamic, you know, going on right there, especially when he retires and, you know, has to get going to her world of entertainment. It's very different. Even though it's all entertainment, but the world of musical entertainment, that's very different. So, yeah, just interesting, very interesting, okay? Because it, to me, he's one kid shrinks. He's dating. He's went. He jumped from Kayla Nicole, who had all the time in the world to be around him, and now he's got this mega superstar, who's you know gonna have gonna be at a fast pace. Just very interesting uh, choice. And it, and then her saying that made me think, hmm, was that part of the issue? Okay, so I thought that was interesting. All right, so. Um, Let's see. It's talking about okay. Kevin Hart and Tasha K. Now everybody's been talking. Tasha K. Got sued by Cardi B, and I understand the lawsuit from Cardi B and everything that went on there. I always say that lawsuit. I felt they gave that was too much money. I never think Cardi B deserved the four hundred or four million dollar judgment. I could understand. Let's see. Maybe. Five hundred thousand, maybe a million. Before me, I just felt was a way was really expensive. Okay, but anyway, now Tasha K is being sued by Kevin Hart because Tasha K did an interview with Kevin Hart's assistant, right? And there was a lot of tea that was being spilled in that interview. Okay, but <laughs> Tasha K, uh, so Kevin Hart decided to sue Tasha K, but this week. His, he was landed a big blow in his case. This is according to Hollywood Unlocked. It says, Judge reportedly denies Kevin Hart's request to get Tasha Kay's interview with his former assistant removed. A judge is reportedly, and this is according to uh, 
uh, Hollywood Unlocked. It says a judge uh, has reportedly ruled that the Tasha, that Tasha Case interview with Kevin Hart's former assistant won't be removed from her website. It's just really vague, overboard request that doesn't address actual malice, a Los Angeles judge uh, said, according to Rolling Stone. Um, Hart's lawyers, Dante Mills, responded to the news and said, there's no questioning them. There are things said by the speakers that are illegal. It's death, it's death defamatory. It's extortion. And it absolutely shows malice on their part, Mills would argue. Not once was there ever any claim stating that my client committed a crime into this video. I think that's important. Adultery is one thing, but adultery is not illegal. Mm, okay, Kevin, I'm into that. As we previously reported, Kevin Hart sued the controversial YouTuber towards the end of December for extortion after, after she allegedly threatened to release an interview with his former assistant who made some wild allegations about the comedian. The blast revealed that revealed what was stated in the cease and desist letter that was sent to Tasha Kay back in November before the interview was released, which briefly reads, you have already engaged in criminal conduct and torturous acts. That would entitle Mr. Hart to monetary damages against you should he elect to commence civil litigation regarding this matter. To the extent that you do not cease and desist, your liability for such monetary damages will increase has all your exposure to criminal penalties. Wow. Okay, Hart's legal rep, Dante Mills, says a person on Tasha K- and Tasha Case team tells them they would release the interview if the ride-along actor paid $250,000. Documents claim the act files under the Penal Code, Section 518, and it gives both criminal and civil liability against you and anyone involved in your efforts to extort Mr. Hart thus making Tasha's alleged effort to extract payment from the father of four by threatening exposure of information supposedly harmful to him is a textbook example. It's also being stated that Mr. Hart's team reported Tasha Kay's action to the police and said that in the interview that with Mr. Hart's former assistant, Myesha Shakes supposedly includes scandalous assertions sorry, against him. Adding in advance, if you threaten a publication of a story, you posted a teaser. Mr. Shakes on YouTube was clearly, which clearly was intended as a threat, sending a message to Mr. Hart's team that the more detailed story would not be published and only if the reason is paid. Listen, this is very a very interesting case. Um, I've talked about my opinion on black entertainers and the relationship with black box and how to me, it has blogs and podcasts and everything have given black entertainers, a, even though it's giving them pain, you know, with stories and everything like that and more gossip and stuff like that, it's also giving you more power because it's keeping more people's name in your, uh, the, uh, in your, your name in more people's mouth. And black blogs have made people more recognizable who wouldn't be recognizable, okay? So uh, podcasts and stuff like that by talking about you and all these things. I didn't, I, this case with Kevin Hart, I'm not surprised that Tasha K struck the first blow. I actually think Kevin Hart is probably should fall back from this case. That's my personal opinion. I think Kevin Hart, uh, because of some of the, I don't know, he may have a hard time proven defamation and stuff like that because Cardi had a specific claim about health. Kevin's is more 
a beef with his assistant for coming out, breaking the NDA and talking to Tasha and all this stuff. It's just all so very interesting. So we'll just keep a look. But it seems like that's a major blow, especially if the judge didn't think there's any malice in the video and stuff like that. Very major, big major blow to his case. So we'll just keep watching that and seeing what's out there, okay? Um, what else do I want to talk to y'all about? Talk about Tasha K. Okay, we got to talk about Melanie um, uh, uh, Martell. Child, don't tell me. Do I got time to talk about Martell showing up on Tasha K? Child, a hot mess, okay? Okay, let's listen to a little clip of Martell Hope. Y'all going to have to go to TashaK.com to hear that whole interview. But, I, you know, child, Martell was messy, messy, messy on uh, Tasha K last week talking about Melanie. Ooh, man, they, they, and listen, I, here, I'm going to talk about this, the whole situation with you in a minute, but let's see, hold on, let's see, get it, get it pulled up here. You know, come Talk to this TV show, I know, I, I know I'm doing my thing, doing your thing, but you want to crucify me on this show. I'm over here still stripping. It's cold. I know. It's gonna, cold as hell in here. Right here. No, they won't because it's wired by the warrior. Matter of fact, we got your wire. Yeah, it is. What's up? What's up? I didn't know you was in the wine business. Like, how'd you come to this TV show? I know I, I know I'm doing my thing, and you're doing your thing, but you want to crucify me on this show. Well, you know you were doing the same fucking thing. Well, see, that's, I think that's where people get it in that it was on stage for television. Like, y'all yeah. knew y'all had a bad marriage. You knew you were no. all cheating, but you so were I didn't not. know she was cheating. I didn't know she was cheating. The only thing I did was suck your dick. So how long have you been since you sucked somebody's dick? Three plus years ago. Three years ago. Three plus years ago. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty heavy. Oh, my. Right. And then she kissed you. Shut up, bro. <laughs> <Damn. laughs> no. Ariana did tell me. She was like, you know, nothing came over my house. My mom was there, you know. Talk for hours. I'm like. So, Why would a wife be over there talking with a, you know, and no offense to Ariel, with a side bitch? Like, what the fuck? Ariel with no side bitch. That was my other woman. Hell, y'all got to listen to that whole interview. I listened to the whole, love in Huntsville, Huntsville Alabama, on, on TV. Martell Hope was on there. Melanie Hope, Melanie Rogers, ex-husband, chat. First of all, let me just say this, Melanie. Martell, I don't think the interview, the full, y'all can look at the full interview on TashaK.com, but I don't think, Martell, the interview made you look good. I think it, you know, I think that I am scared for Melanie in some senses, but at the same time, because I think you just keep coming at her, but I think there's Melanie is guilty of some things, too. And one of the things I found interesting that they talked about is when he, he said, you know, Melanie having a small affair, but Melanie says he had that affair when they separate. I don't know, child. It, 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 listen, they, they both wow. But, what, but allegedly they say that. But what I find interesting is what she said, that Melanie had a relation, knew, talked to uh, Ariane, which was Martell's, uh, mistress during out the marriage, she went like Tasha K said. What kind of what woman goes and sit down with uh you know her her man's mistress and talks and stuff? A Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why we do that, Tasha. 
we are investigators of the zodiac. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We go, you know, we if we're gonna find out what this Negro is out here in these streets doing with our money and our time, who better else to fucking find out from but the mistress? Okay. Now, what I am against Melanie on, I think Melanie is holding a big grudge since Scorpio. But listen, Mel, you need to let go of the whole thing about that girl being on the show. I would let Ariana come on the show. As a matter of fact, I'd be friends with Ariana on the show. I think it's a, it, it, you should let it go. You ain't wanting Martell no more, and you and Martell, yes, she wants your marriage, but you can't stay there. That's like of evolving, Scorpio. You supposed to phoenix out of that shit. All right. He, she broke up the marriage, but you know what? She broke up what was, was sacred to me. But, you know, she couldn't break that up. It wasn't nothing there. It wasn't that tight anyway. If somebody can come in between your shit, it ain't, it ain't that tight. It, it is what it is. Okay? And there are times in relationships, Melanie and Martell should have never been on reality TV, but I think Melanie was very smart and wise and hip to what was going on with Martell. And I think Melanie was like, all right, bitch, I'm going to go on this reality show. But if you fuck up, you won't be the, I'm going to look like the victim on here. Okay. But what people didn't know is that she already knew who, allegedly, knew who the mistress was, had conversations with the mistress, and was even telling the mistress, if he comes over here, allegedly, you know, uh, let me know. And I'll see, listen. So anyhow, by the time they get ended up on that reality show, they knew they had a storyline to tell. At least Melanie knew she had a storyline to tell. And Martell, you fell right into the storyline. Sometimes, Scorpios, we, um, un, unbeknownst to us, we be testing you in ways we don't realize we testing you. We want to test your loyalty. Sometimes we be doing shit like, you know, like she set him up on that radio, that television show, because she knew he was going to mess up. She already knew he was messing up, so she knew, hey, I'm going to go on this reality show. Now, either you're going to tighten it up, you're going to let this chick go, and we do get this money and get to have a couple, couple power couple and everything on the TV, or you going to keep messing with it until you ruin it. But I'm going to come out of this thing shining like gold. Who else did it? Chris Jenner. Scorpio. Hey, you did Scorpio with Phoenix on your ass, okay? So, uh, yeah, here's what I say, Melanie, because he was talking about Melanie had him arrested. It's a lot of stuff going on with Markel and Melanie. I'm scared of them two uh, having a situation where it could be a domestic problem, on, allegedly, maybe on both sides. But, listen, if I'm Melanie, I'm going to quit tripping about Ariana. He said he said some things on that show with Tasha K, like seeing Ariana wasn't his side chick with his other woman. That shit's mad disrespectful. And that should let you know, Melanie, like, you know, he was talking shit. I knew he was talking shit when he was on the show and he called that girl a peasant. See, he called her a peasant on the show a couple of years ago. Now it's here. He ain't was never one of my, she was my other woman. So she was just, you really, you putting her up there equal to your wife. So here's Melanie, what you need to come to terms with. And quit being angry and talking about she broke up something. She didn't break up shit. Matter of fact, Ariana did you, Ariana did you a favor. 
it's obvious this man want to be polyamorous. Okay? And you was in denial about that. And be mad at your damn self. Okay? But here's the thing. Ain't no sense in being mad. He went off and did what he did. He went off had that baby on you. He went off and now he's saying that she wasn't she wasn't his side chick. She was his other woman. So he putting her on the same level as you, his wife. What when you was listen? That's mad disrespectful to me. See, affairs is you know affairs are one thing. Things people happen and, and shit with people. You know what I'm saying? People do, I ain't gonna lie, people you know, out in these streets, people fall in love with other people. be all kind of shit going on in these movies, okay? But listen, shit like that happens. But some, a lot of people be mad disrespectful. Like, that, she, she wasn't my, she's my, my bad chick. She wasn't my other one. See, Melanie, he never thought, he didn't think of you no more than he thought of her. You just had a title, baby. It wasn't real. And you popped out all them kids with him. And you didn't realize you just had to just have. And see, Melanie, here's another thing I can call you out about. You actually had a fourth one with him when you knew he was. You knew he was. You knew he was out there in the streets. And you know what he said? He said something on the show that I caught. He said, because they were talking about Melanie having. Tasha was saying something about it. And it's a great interview. You should go see it. Tasha K back out. And I'm I don't get paid enough for saying that. I just I give people a love what they what they what, what they deserve. She's been doing great interviews. Um Ta- one of the things Tasha asked him was like, Well, you know, she said, uh, why don't she just let Ariane come on and say y'all I'll be this a great it'll be a good storyline. Y'all need a new storyline and all that stuff. And, you know, we can see Melanie's boyfriends and all that or who she's dating. He said something about, you know what he said? He said, don't nobody want to come on there and be no stepfather to four kids. I said, uh-oh. Interesting. His four kids. He, You know what? He literally put that on Melanie. Like, basically, Melanie, I'm, I'm listen, I don't put you with burden. You were four children, all under the age of 15 or 16. Now, I can go over here and have babies with another chick, but I got you burdened in this, too. That's, and, and, and in some senses, he could be right. But here's the thing, Melanie. You knew you can't be mad at nobody but yourself, especially when you had our babies or a blessing, but you went and had four kids with a man that you knew was out in these streets. Not a little, but a lot. And he was re- he was having a long this wasn't a little bit affair this was a long term affair and you knew about it allegedly and he was being disrespectful with so you can't be not mad at this girl or him no more but be mad at your damn self. Okay, be mad at your damn. So that's like probably what's really going on, and why you really, you really. And I do believe Martell be messing with Melanie. I do really because I think he's upset because Melanie broke up his stability. You know, Ariana might be the other woman she go out kicking with, have fun with, and stuff like that or whatever. But he still has stability over here. It's a lot of men that like to play them games, have a stability over here, and then run around. You know what I'm saying? Over there, and then come back to stability. 
But I don't really think he I don't really think he felt Melanie like that. He just liked the stability she provided. And sometimes you just gotta have that come to Jesus meeting with yourself, especially when you sit if you sit there and watch that interview. I think you should, it should free you to say, damn, we got four beautiful children together in this marriage. I should not. What, Melanie, it's time for you to look at yourself. Quit blaming everything on Martell. Yes, I know. We know Martell's a trip. But we also, you also got to look in the mirror, baby, because you, have, you have four kids with this man and one when you was in the middle, you knew he was out there in the street. Ain't nothing to be, didn't nobody break up your household? That shit was already messed up. Ain't nobody broke up nothing. Damn, didn't break up nothing. Hey, not the way that he talking. You just wasn't aware. No, I think he was very aware of it being what it was. But I think he was in denial. So, Scorpio, Calm down. Calm down off the anger. Quit looking at the anger. Start looking at the dollar bills because you, you need them because you got these four babies. Start looking at the dollar. Start looking at the that loving Huntsville, Alabama is getting a little dry. Allow Ariana to have a check. She didn't break up your marriage. That shit, wasn't, that shit just wasn't going on. It wasn't working. And, yes, was she trifling to come in there and knowing you was there? Yeah, but you knew that she was there, according to Montel. So let's cut the bullshit, okay? Bring her in, get you a storyline so you keep selling these uh, shirts and, and all your products and stuff you got over there. The Nene Leaks of Love in Huntsville, Alabama. Don't get too arrogant. Understand you need a storyline. Cut the BS. And welcome Marianne with Open Arms on the show. Stay on the show so you can sell your stuff. Don't let nobody run you off. And just understand that this man met this man seemed like he didn't he didn't have the same ideas of marriage that you you had. Okay, how about Because the rumor is that she she felt that Ariana shouldn't be on the show because she broke up her marriage. No, no, bitch, marriage was already done. He said Ariana was not his side chick; she was his other woman. Okay, so you understand what he's saying there, Melody. He's saying she is the same as you. He just wasn't married to her. Mad disrespect. Mad disrespect. At this point, I'd let go. I'd be like, all right, I had food, four kids with a food. But my babies are beautiful. My babies is a blessing. Okay? But this is a food. Okay? I need to let go of the anger. I got to understand. It probably really wasn't no real. It might have been real the first few years, but shit, this wasn't real no more. Forgive him and move on. And savor what you can. And, yes, I know Martell is a lot because Martell is mad because you broke up his stability. And he ain't got no stable because I don't feel, my personal opinion is Ariane is not as stable as Melanie is because Melanie is a businesswoman. Melanie presents a different vision than Ariane. And my personal opinion is he's very intimidated with Melanie. Sort of like Wendy Williams and her husband, I think. Her ex. I think he's very intimidated of Wendy because Wendy was the the, the breadwinner, the business person. And so 
he went out and got somebody he, he could feel he could get he could be big to. He could be daddy to. And I believe Martell did the same thing. Okay. And so I think uh, you know, Melanie being part of their business, running the business, stuff like that, and him being the kind of the muscle in the business. And then Melanie, he's done with Melanie, but Melanie's still doing pretty well, whereas they say Martell's had a hard time allegedly. So, yeah, I think I kind of am seeing the dynamics of Martell and Melanie very different, and I think Melanie should see the difference too and let go, let Ariane on the show say uh, 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 and just limit your interaction. That's what I would say. But definitely, it's no time to keep arguing with Martell and keep going over. You know, it is what it is. It was what it was. Right. Crazy. Man. All right. So this is a story I found very uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, let me try to get these stories in. Uh, Dolphins Tyreek Hill claims he filed a divorce by accident. Why do you go file divorce by accident? Let me find out. Sir, have you found Tyreek Hill used to be part of the saying he filed for divorce by accident. This is according to Boston.com. It says, Miami Dolphins star Tyreek Hill recently addressed divorce rumors and claimed that a member of his team filed the paperwork without his approval. Back in November of 2022, one of the NFL's top wide receivers, Tyree Hill, unexpectedly tied a knot with influencer Keita Vaccaro after a 2021 engagement, okay? Um, she looks like somebody. She's pretty. This says, uh, for the most part, uh, the couple stays out the public spotlight and keeps their relationship under wraps. Earlier this month, however, Broward County records surfaced on social media showing Hill submitted a petition to dissolve his marriage. Tyreek wasted no time and jumped on social media to deny the divorce in a sense deleted tweet that said, boy, no, the heck you don't. So don't put that in the air. We're happily married. going to stay that way. Uh, okay. Despite Hill's denial, there was clearly a divorce petition filed, and now we're getting the explanation. According to TMZ, Tyreek finally addressed the divorce rumors and said it was all a misunderstanding and a mistake by someone who worked for him. I just got to say it sucks. Hey, yeah, a lot of stuff is public record, Hill said on his uh, Twitch stream. But behind those doors, a lot of people got fired, too, uh, for just doing things without a yes. Hill went on to reveal that he's trying to fix the, the alleged error while making sure everything is kosher with his wife. Mm. It sucks. Me and my wife got to go through that. I get a public record say it now. We're in a spot fixing it. I fired the fucking bonehead that did that mistake. Now it sucks. Could you imagine explaining to your wife that you accidentally filed for divorce? Tyreek, you know, I had to be quiet for that. I don't know. How somebody else going to accidentally file papers for your divorce? Now, hopefully it was an accident. Or the truth will come out. 
But child, don't nobody believe. People think people think let me leave that long, child. Somebody else filed the paper. Somebody else filed, baby. I didn't file the papers on you. Mm-mm. Girl, watch your back. Have your side eyes. Maybe he married you out of prenup or something. He was trying to get shit. I don't know. You better be watching your side, especially if you got married without a prenup. Okay, there might be maybe some shenanigans trying. Allegedly, maybe been going down or something. You know what I'm saying? Sound crazy. All right. Okay. Tyrese. Oh, God. I just, this is my last few minutes. Am I going to talk about Tyrese? Oh, Lord. TJ and Amy. I don't know which one story I want to tell first. Uh, we didn't get that much time. Child, let's go with Tyrese and his child support. Tyrese is refusing to comply with the child support order they sent him. Uh, first, the ah, oh, Jesus, oh, no. Lord have mercy. So, man, so I don't know how you can go through this shit. I, I told you, I would, I, I could, I, I could not hear. I need to listen here. Now, you know what? I, I could, I did, I wouldn't want to hear that. You know, I just, it, it. I, listen, I just, he would piss me off. Hey, I mean, especially telling me three hundred dollars to. I wouldn't want him to give nothing. Oh, I mean, and they don't, you on here trying not to pay a man to that child support is crazy. Oh, my God. Again. Says according to Yahoo, Tyrese Gibson's ex-wife Samantha Lee filed for a contempt of court against her ex-husband, claiming that the actor has failed to pay child support. Gibson is pre- pre- presently required to pay $10,960 per month in child support. But according to the recent court documents obtained by the Blast, the Fast and Furious star only paid less than half the amount in December 2023. Okay? Lee is dragging her ex-husband Gibson back to court for allegedly failing to uh Pay his court order child support of $10,690 for their four year old daughter, Florea. Uh, in the court document, Lee claims he was clearly aware the court ordered the amount due to her based on his paying the appropriate amount in November 2023. Yet, for months of December and January, unilaterally uh, decided to pay $3,500 in child support. This is Lee's third motion for contempt brought against Gibson, with the first being on March 2nd, 2023. You know, he's the one that keeps saying he doesn't believe the kids should be getting so much a month. Tyrese, you know it's for more than just the kids. She got to pay lights, water, gas, food, and shit for your kids. He's eating, burping, drinking, and everything else in the house, Negro. He don't end up in like contempt of court or something. He's crazy. Tyrese, I mean, listen, pay it. If you can't afford it, then try to get it brought down. Try to negotiate with her. But it's just 
stupid to not just pay the child support. But if I was her, I'd be like a big fuck you and send you all your checks back because I wouldn't deal with you at all. I asked the court for full custody. And I don't want no parts of his child support. It's crazy ass. Crazy as hell. Or if I did get the child support, I'd make sure I wrap that shit up in a, a, a thing and every month that he'd have an itemized thing and what it's being spent on. Oh, I'd be so petty with him. I mean, it's just, it's just, and, and for him being a big, the big star that he is. Do what you gotta, but do what you gotta do. I mean, what does this energy do to your life? Running back and forth, back and forth to court all the time, having to have us in the blogs talk about you just ain't paying shit, which you're supposed to pay allegedly. I mean, it's gotta be draining, man. When it's just more simple to write her ass a check and quit being angry with it. Just write her ass a check. It didn't wear I'm writing her ass a check. Tyrese again. I feel like I didn't even start with Tyrese. I think so. I paid a child support to Tyrese. I know you don't like it, but he is what he is. Goodness. He is a full treat. That's yeah, we have come to the end of the show. Ooh, Tyrese is a lot. You mean Samantha is wild, okay? <laughs> you guys, we have come to the end of the show. Man, I had some more stuff to talk to y'all about. Dang, I didn't even get to talk about Mahiri and Mayor, Mark over there, uh at the Bob Marley premiere. Mary and Megan, I forgot y'all was even around. What, what do y'all do now? They are really botching up living in America. They're not understanding how it works and how it should work. I was expecting them to move smarter. They're not. Okay. I have to talk about them some other time. They are not moving. Maybe I have a special show tomorrow and talk about some of the stuff I missed. Yeah, I may do that. I may have a special show uh, maybe and talk about some of the things I missed, a couple of the stories I missed. And talk about, okay? Because Megan and, and, and here got to be talking about what they trade themselves. Okay? They, they ain't getting it. Okay? But it's interesting. They went over to for the premiere of Bob Morley's, uh, is it One Love or something like that? And that looks like it's going to be pretty good. Today I was at the movie theater and I saw more of the preview of it. I went to go see The Beekeeper and I saw more of the preview of it. It looks like it's going to be really good. First, I didn't think it was going to be good because, you know, I saw that man's wig and I was like, ooh. But the more I see it, they show more heart you know, things with him talking stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, this could be good. You know, this is going to be good. You know, I, you know, I'd be, Bob Marley is so iconic to me. I'd be like, can nobody, nobody can be Bob Marley. <laughs> I think he's one of the most beautiful men in the world. Too. So, yeah, very interesting. Uh, yeah, Megan and Harry, we'll talk about that maybe another show, if I don't do it tomorrow, sometime soon, okay? You guys, I want you to have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. Have a wonderful night. Thank you for hanging out with me. We're going to leave out of here with two completely different things. Jamiroquai, I will see y'all. See you later. Bye.
if you are listening to the sound of my voice, you are listening to the Archive Show. Thank you, Archive listeners, for listening to me uh, like you do every week. I appreciate y'all. Y'all the biggest audience, whether you're listening while you're cleaning up, at home, at work, wherever you're at, in your car. I appreciate you so much, okay? Remember, you can hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. You can also hit me up on Instagram on Carly's underscore galaxy. You can also, and that's with the S, Carly's with an S, underscore galaxy. You can also hit me up on um, uh, Twitter at C Chatwood Show and Carlotta72. And TikTok I'm on, and I'm also on uh, Threads, okay? Hey, listen, I don't know what it is on Threads. I'm going to have to look at the links on the pe- one of the pages you want to follow, follow, the, follow it. <laughs> okay? You guys, thank you again for hanging out with me. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Uh, stay cool and go cheese, go cheese. I'm so excited. We got it. We got it. Come on, we to the Super Bowl, but I'm still all excited, okay? All right, I'm out. We're going to leave out with y'all with uh, Jeff Red. You called. I'll see y'all. Bye.